Welcome to Firefox News Online, the world's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules apply. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated in the chat room at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room and your chat will be deleted. Also, if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. This is a roundtable discussion broadcast, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. The views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who join me, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. In tonight's Talking Points, I want to uh, address a subject that is painfully obvious to some, while being completely oblivious to another. It is the mainstream media's attempt at creating a race war in our nation. Yes, you heard correctly. They are creating a race war in our country, and it's become painfully obvious based on some Facebook posts I have read earlier today. The divisive attitude created by the mainstream media's selective, and I do mean selective, choice of stories 
that they'll report right away, and others they will withhold. For example, when Eric Garner was killed by a police officer in New York City, the mainstream media made it into a national story, exploiting it by extending it for days. And yes, the police officers involved were responsible. But the problem is that everyone saw white officers murder a black man. And so the mainstream media exploited this, stretching it out for days and literally causing all kinds of problems as a result. Thus, the very beginnings of the mainstream media's race wars. Now, of course, if the roles were reversed and it was a black officer murdering a white civilian, hmm, well, let's see. There would be no mainstream media outrage, no days in, days out coverage. There would be no visible sign that this even took place because the story would be buried and withheld for days. Well, the same thing happened recently. One story got lots of traction, and the other, barely any at all, and was withheld for days. Canon Hinant was only five years old. I told you about that story last week. As a result of his neighbor next door stopping him on his bicycle, taking a handgun, pulling the trigger, and shooting the five-year-old child in the head. That child's life was taken. He was not allowed to grow up. He was not allowed to have a good life. Whether the person is a child or an adult, whether that person is black or white, it should never matter at all the race of the person. What should always matter is that a human life was inexplicably snuffed out by a murderous thug. Now, let me say this for the record. No police officer that does their job to the best of their ability and follows the rule of law aspires to be a racist killer. But that is what the mainstream media makes white officers out to be when it comes to a black person's murder at the hands of police. When it's a black officer murdering a white person, you barely see any mention of it at all. When a white child like Cannon is murdered by a black man who lives right next door to him, knew the child, the child knew him. And yet, unfortunately, that story got buried for a day or two, maybe even three days, depending on the network. And yet, no outrage over Cannon's murder. Yes, the suspect was captured within 24 hours. Unfortunately, it still got little traction, barely a blurb. That's all Cannon Hinnant's life was worth to the mainstream media. It was not the reverse. It was not a white person murdering a black person. For as sure as I am sitting here right now, I am certain of this. The mainstream media would have blown it way out of proportion. And look at the results of what happened in George Floyd's death. He's been laid to rest now approximately two months. 
And yet, the media exploited his death. The media pushed every button humanly possible. And with the help of the Democratic Party's strong arm, Antifa, and BLM, this whole situation has been blown way out of proportion. The demand for defunding the police and or dismantling the police departments, the cry has gone out ad infinitum, and the mainstream media is to blame for a lot of the problems that we now face. It is sad, and it is difficult to sit here day after day looking at stories and seeing the devastation thanks to the mainstream media. So I find myself at odds with what I do every single night I'm on the air. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound rather odd, but it needs to be said. See, unlike the mainstream media, who manipulates and uses people every day, I don't subscribe to that level of stupidity. I don't use people for my own ill-gotten gains of time on the air. Oh, hell no. I mean, I could. Hell, I could do that very easily. But the problem is, I wouldn't last on the air very long. I would not have the thousands upon thousands of archive viewers and listeners that I get each and every week. And I would not be a very trusted person if I did what the mainstream media does. That's why I'm alternative media. I don't subscribe to their interpretation of the way things are. You see, I have said this many times on this broadcast, and it bears repeating. We are all members of one race, the human race. And when people learn to accept that in their hearts, then and only then can we live truly in peace. God never put us on this earth to hate one another. God put us on this earth to care and love for one another. We're not here to destroy that which God created. We are here to build and build upon what God started. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be safe. He wants us to love one another as he loves us. Is that so hard to ask in this society, in this day and age? If it is, there's an email address you can write to me. All you got to do is send your email to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Put today's date, August 17th, 2020, in the subject line, and right there, let me know where I'm right and where I'm wrong as it relates to the human race. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast all over the world, as you always do on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. Good evening, one and all across America, wherever you happen to be around the world even. Wow, what a day it's been. This is definitely one for the books. 
just bear with me, folks. I'm currently in the FFNO kitchen getting a cup of coffee. So if you're on the phone lines, I shall be with you presently. Now, something I want to add to the talking points that I just thought of. In times of distress, in times of disbelief, and in times when we are faced with adversity and pain, we turn to Almighty God for guidance. But the people who are committing these wanton, brutal acts of murder, who attack people incessantly, thanks to the mainstream media being a bunch of boneheaded, stupid motherfuckers that haven't got the brains God gave them, I'll tell you what. There's going to come a day when someone ends up dying at the hands of Antifa slash BLM thugs. And the people are going to be crying, we need the police, where are the police? Oh my God, where are the police? And the police will not be there. They will not be there because Antifa slash BLM Got rid of them. And why would they do that? Why would they scream for the police knowing that they'll never come if they're defunded, if they're dismantled? Oh, wait. They're people like you and I who actually this not in absolutes not in one way or another they see it for what it is okay they see it for the reality that it is and that is we're faced with changing times times they are a changing as the song says but not for the better no they are not changing for the better three four seven nine four five five seven four seven in one way or another We are faced with a global disaster. No, it's not the pandemic. No, it's not the pandemic. 
It's actually far worse than that. It is people turning against people on a daily basis because they believe that if you are this race, if you are this race, you deserve to die. Where are they getting that idea from? It's being perpetuated by those who have had those and harbored those feelings for a long time, but were too cowardly to admit it. There are those who do not see it in the way they do. That would be you and I. At least one would hope. One would hope that the direction life is going to go will be a peaceful direction, a loving direction, an honest direction, a helpful direction, a direction that means something to everyone. All right. One has to ask the ultimate question, and that is at what point does the mainstream media ever claim responsibility? for the havoc that has been wrought in our country. Hmm. Food for thought, everyone. Food for thought. Standing by on the phone lines at 347-945-5747. The man who knows that if you are willing to commit murder, you're willing to be committed to a, to a prison cell on a place called death row. Justice must be equal and balanced. Wouldn't you agree, Gunslinger? Well, yeah. I mean, it's... uh, (laughs) We have no justice today. There is no justice today. Okay? The real justice was back in the day when the law meant something. Okay? When you commit some of these heinous crimes, it's simply a rope. That's all it took. That's the true law. What we got now is just a pat on the back of the hand. Oh, don't you do that, little boy. Little Johnny, you go stand in the corner. Naughty, naughty. You just murdered that guy. Ooh, naughty, naughty. It's, it's you know, you, you get these people that, you know, and they're on death row for 20 fucking years. Uh, I would say 20 minutes to eliminate that real quick. 
so why is it, why does it take 20 years, okay? Uh, what about that person that that guy murdered? What about that little kid that it will never grow up to see life as it's presented to him? Never be able to uh, start a family. Never be able to enjoy the joys of life because that little bastard fucking blew his head off. Sorry. And it, it, it just boils my blood, George. It really does. Well, don't feel bad, brother, because it boils my blood, too. I mean, let's face the reality. What happened to five-year-old Canon Hinant at the hands of a neighbor, the hands of a neighbor, was the most heinous crime a man could commit. All right? Let's also face the reality that Yes, he was caught within 24 hours, but the mainstream media sat on the story. And why would they do that? Because it did not fit their Antifa slash Black Lives Matter narrative. It didn't fit because it was a black man murdering a white child. The mainstream media has a nasty habit of doing that. They sit on stories that don't fit their narrative. And thus comes the question. Do you believe that a race war is being perpetrated and started by the mainstream media? I believe it it is. What about you, Gunn? Well, yeah, it's it's being started. Okay, there's no doubt about that. But when it does get going, the people that are fighting each other are going to realize who started this shit. It's going to be them. Guess who they're going to go after? Them. So they're 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 cutting their fucking nose off to spite their face, basically. Because we'll know who it is. Okay, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we ain't stupid. One. So if they're trying to incite, say, a race war, well, there's two sides to it. They're either trying to incite a race war, or, I'm sorry, but, you know, you push a person hard enough, or you cage an animal, and that animal sees an opportunity to escape, I don't care how many people standing in front of that motherfucker, he's going to run your ass over. And that's what these people are fixing to get, because they're so hypocritical, okay, the George Ford guy, the white guy, the cop. Murdered, obviously murdered the black guy, okay? But like you said, what about that kid? What about it's the opposite now? Where's the outrage on that? Where's the fucking the, the looting and the and the riots and the protesting and all that shit? Huh. See, it constantly goes to show you that these people that are rioting and protesting are a bunch of goddamn fucking hypocrites. Is all they are. Now they've turned criminal. Okay? And they should be dealt with as criminals. Well, yes, they should be dealt with as criminals since they've committed criminal acts. No doubt in my mind of that, buddy. But the mainstream media is fanning the fuel, is fanning the flames and fueling the fires of, of racial bigotry and injustice. The mainstream media should be held accountable. They should be the ones 
held just as equally accountable as those who actually commit the act. Because if the mainstream media did not run story after story, night after night, even when shit they said was not even true, and that's where the race war is perpetrated and started by the mainstream media, The people that watch CNN, MSNBC, and I hate to say it, Fox 2, <clears throat> they're sitting there watching this shit, and what are they getting for, the, for their money on cable and satellite? <laughs> they're getting told what to think, when to think it, and how to deal with it. Or is it just me? No, it's not. It's not just you. I mean, what you're saying is true, but we got to look at where, who initiated all this racial division and all this racial hatred. The idiot that sat in the White House for eight fucking years. He's the one that started this whole shit. Because none of this stuff was going on before that. You didn't see all of these protests. You didn't see all of these this this, this racial hatred. Hatred that was going on before Bum Buddy got into the into the office there, held hostage because he never was eligible to be a president anyway. Okay, he just held the hostage, the office hostage. So none of that ever occurred prior to that in the form that we're seeing today. So something had to start it. Well, there it is, right there. He was a starting point. Oh, it's. You know, I'm married to Michael, oh, 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 and go in using uh, little girls' bathrooms and all that, okay, and all this queer gen- gender and all this bullshit. He's the one that started that bullshit, and then when he started it, it was like a snowball snowball road towards hell. And that's what we're seeing today. Tell me how else is, tell me who else is at fault. I don't see anybody else. Well, here's the thing. That a lot of people probably don't sit down and, and, and really put two and two together. Okay? Because I've got time on my hands. So I, I actually sit down and do, the, and do the mathematics on this. I actually sit down and do the, 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 the fuzzy math, as I like to call it. Yes, it takes just one person sometimes two, in the community. It takes one or two people in the community to start something. But when the, when the, uh, you know, when the um, movement, when the motions slow and slow to respond, the media picks up on that. And then, did you just sneeze? If you just sneezed, I'll say gesundheit. Oh, yeah. Well, I was okay. a half sneeze. Yeah, oh, half. okay. <laughs> well, then, uh, yeah, I'll give you a full gesundheit because I don't, I, I don't think gesund works too well. But, uh, look, man, I, as soon as the mainstream media picks up on a story, and they see an opportunity to take a match, 
light it, throw it on the on on the dry grass and and leaves, and if it's not burning fast enough, they'll pour gasoline on it. That's the mainstream media's way of starting what has been happening for months now. Since George Floyd died, radical, rioting, looting, pillaging, plundering idiots have decided they want more. And who's giving it to them by constantly showing it? The mainstream media, and I hate to say it, a lot of folks that are on the Internet with video footage right there at the scene of the thing. The shit that's happening in Seattle, in Portland, in this place, in that place. Well, guess what? If, if people want to be useless, mindless idiots and watch that shit day in, day out, well, I hate to say it, but they're not helping matters. Because the mainstream media watches that too. They watch the, the footage that people put out there on their cell phones and shit. And what happens when they do? They see the comments that are made. And it only adds more fuel to the fire. If the mainstream media didn't pull its bullshit, and if people stopped showing, like, you know, all over the video platforms, all over God knows where on, in, on the Internet, if it would just stop Stop giving these, these mindless buffoons the attention that they're getting. It might help to start slowing down the violence and putting a stop to it. But the more people keep buying into this shit, the more and the longer it's going to keep happening. Until finally, people end up dying on a massive scale. But that's the observations I've made over the last several weeks. It's not a pretty picture. And I'm talking about it tonight because of, because of Canon Hinant. Because he got no real coverage. He didn't get talked about the way he should have. five-year-old boy lost his life to the hands of a murdering thug that lived right next door and nobody seemed to give a fuck. Well, tonight, well, earlier today, I should say, there was a picture with the hashtag Justice for Cannon that had his picture and a picture of a candle, and I started sharing it ad infinitum on Facebook in private message. A few people, you know, asked me not to do it after that and so forth, and I respect that. But the thing is, if people want justice for George Floyd, they want justice for all these others that have been murdered, well, demand equal justice for Canon Hanant, who, by the way, just because he's white, is still a small child who lost his life to a murderer. It doesn't matter to me whether they're black or white, Hispanic or Asian, or pink with purple motherfucking polka dots. The person wielding the weapon 
regardless of race, still committed a brutal act of murder. Now, I got a little something here that I'm going to play for you in a moment. Just found out today, just found out today that the NYPD endorsed someone for president, and it wasn't Joe Biden. Take a listen to this. The NYPD police union endorses President Trump in his 2020 presidential bid, and many Democrat politicians are outraged. Shane Althouse has more. On Friday, the NYPD police union formally endorsed President Trump on his re-election bid. I have 36 years on this job, 21 as the president of this fine organization. I cannot remember when we've ever endorsed for the office of president of the United States until now. That's how important this is. In response, local Democrat lawmakers took issue with the fact that a public service union in a heavily left-leaning city made a point to endorse a Republican political candidate. One of these responses came from New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who said in a tweet, Does anyone else see a potential problem with police unions, enforcement arms of the state with lethal weapons, promoting preferred candidates for office? Or is it just me? Additionally, Democrat New York congressional candidate Jamal Bowman says he is speechless and accused the NYPD of not being interested in working with the people of New York. These concerns raise an important question. What are the ethics surrounding public sector unions endorsing political candidates? Typically, a labor union will endorse a candidate who promotes policies which stand to benefit the workers within that union. With regard to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, many would ask, what public unions are allowed to endorse political candidates? Currently, the New York Council of School Supervisors and Administrators and the District Council 37 Public Employee Union both endorse Ocasio-Cortez. Together, these unions consist of hundreds of thousands of public servants. In the example of the NYPD, Mayor Bill de Blasio cut their budget by $1 billion in late June. Since the budget cut, crime has increased in New York City by 118% from this time last year. As the NYPD looks to protect the public effectively, as well as improve their equality of justice standards, the Democrat mayor's decrease in funding could drive them to endorse pro-law enforcement candidates like President Trump. Well, so the NYPD has endorsed President Donald Trump for re-election. Does this action actually help the president? And if it does, how badly is this going to reflect on Democrat candidates not just in the state of New York. What do you think, Gunn? Well, it's going to have a ripple effect. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's pretty obvious that, you know, they defunded them and all this stuff, and crime goes through the roof. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer, okay? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a city that's as big as New York City, probably... Two or three million people live in a freaking city. 
Okay. Um, gee whiz, what do you expect? But you know, again, you look at look at look at where you are. You're in a liberal, democratic controlled city. Okay. I would not be there. But those people that voted for these dumb fucks are getting exactly what they deserve. Okay, they really are. Okay, because when you vote for something like that, and they do this, and then all of a sudden you get robbed and you call police, where are they? Where are you? Well, that's that's and what happened to that. Yeah. Remember what happened to that child that was shot in the stomach? Yeah, yeah, that's the example right there. Because of the defunding of the police in New York City, a one-year-old child was shot in the stomach, killed, and everybody cried, where's the police? Where's the police? Why aren't they here? And it's the same people that cried, defund the police. The very same people. I didn't mean to interrupt, Gunn. I just wanted to throw oh, that out yeah, there to you. Yeah, yeah I mean that, that's that's true. I mean, you know, they. It, like I said, that is the that is the. I've never seen any any worse case of, of hypocrisy than you know. Oh yeah, well let's get rid of the police. But oh, when something happens, oh, uh, uh, cop, nine one one. That's that's fucking insane. I mean, they've already proven that they can't do their sales by that, what was it, Seattle, the chop area, whatever you want to call it, dump up. They already proven that they cannot run their own business, okay, or run their own affairs, okay? They were raping people. They were robbing people. They were shooting people, okay? Exactly the same thing that they are willing against. They're committing the same fucking thing. How stupid is that? Ay, 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 Scotty beat me up. There's no goddamn intelligent life down here anymore. I mean, geez. But yet, they just continue it, just like robotons. I mean, it's like they've been pre-programmed or something. You mean automatons? It's crazy. Yeah, it says, uh, this was yesterday, I think. 49 people shot in the last 72 hours in New York City. 49 people. Ay, 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 ay. This is because of the wanton and blatant disrespect for law, because of the defunding of the police. The NYPD is severely, I hate to say it, in many places, understaffed, un, and, and it's, it's, it's causing lawlessness to such a degree that, what, nearly 50 people shot? It's crazy. I know. Yeah. Hell, in, in, um, in I think it's in, it was in uh, Portland. They had 60 calls to 911. 60 that went unanswered because the police went to clean up and clean up big. Yep. 
49 people shot in the last 72 hours. As the city hits its expiration date, Now, this comes from rawconservativeopinions.com. Now, check this out, people. Oh, this is this is gruesome. That's what it is. It's just outright gruesome. The gender-fied New York City that made the Big Apple the envy of billionaires, oligarchs, child molesters, and money-laundering criminals around the world is no more. And in its place is the hellish New York from the 1970s. According to Gothamist, between Thursday and Saturday, 49 people were shot in the largest city in the United States as the uptick in gun violence continues this summer and is rushing to catch up with that other progressive paradise, Chicago. Putting the surge in context, the number of people shot over the three days is five times more than eight than the eight who were shot during the same days last year, according to the Washington Examiner. While most of the shooting victims were merely wounded, at least six people were killed by gunshot wounds over the three-day interval. Compared to the three homicides that took place during the same time period, last year. Year to date, there have been 1,087 shooting victims so far in 888 different incidents throughout the city. Roughly double the crime observed in 2019. Last year at this time, there had been 577 shooting victims in 488 incidents in New York City. Among those murdered was an off-duty corrections officer who worked at Rikers Island. John Jeff, 28, had just left a party in Queens at 3 a.m. on Saturday morning when he was shot in the head and chest. Early this morning, the corrections officer's Benevolent Association was notified that New York City Correction Officer John Jeff, assigned to the Anna M. Cross Center on Rikers Island, was found dead in South Jamaica, Queens. He sustained multiple gunshot wounds. He was 28 years old and was on the job for just over two years with his whole life and career ahead of him. He was well-liked and highly regarded by his fellow officers. Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Benny Bosco Jr. said in a statement, neighbors reported hearing multiple gunshots outside their homes, and sources told ABC 7 the killing appeared to be planned. I heard gunshot. I heard nine shots, resident... Raymond Leslie said, you really don't want to come out on the streets at night because it's getting increasingly dangerous. Mayor Bill de Blasio, whose actions, or lack thereof, have been blamed for many 
by many for triggering a historic exodus among New York residents, denounced the shooting, tweeting, this is a tragedy. Shirlene and I are keeping this young man's family, loved ones and brothers and sisters, in correction NYC in our hearts today. An investigation into this cowardly attack is ongoing. If you have any information, please contact the NYPD, the mayor tweeted. The scale of New York's shooting problem becomes apparent when one considers that just the start of this year, of this month marked more shootings in New York City so far this year than in all of 2019, a continuation of the violent protests, rioting, and looting that was unleashed in New York in recent months. As the Washington Examiner notes, protests, riots, and vandalism sparked by the death of George Floyd have increased the anti-police sentiment in the city at a time when de Blasio has pledged to strip $1 billion from the city's police budget and disbanded the plainclothes anti-crime unit. Hundreds of police officers have filed their retirement papers in recent weeks as tensions between the force and the public become more strained by the increase in crime. Meanwhile, as we reported last week, Thousands of New Yorkers have been fleeing the city in recent weeks, citing the uptick in violence as well as coronavirus restrictions. One New York City mother recently told the New York Post, we reached our New York expiration date. Things weren't heading in the right direction. What we're seeing now isn't at all surprising. I'm going to stop right there because this is a very long article. But you get the general idea, folks. This is only going to get worse. It is not going to get better by any means. Gunslinger, I've said this so many times, and it bears repeating, that unless something is done to put a stop to all this this racial warfare that's going that's that's being perpetrated on our streets, unless the mainstream media is puts a stop to their constant pick and choose method of what story's going to fit their narrative, things are only going to escalate and escalate very badly, worse than than we've seen so far. What do you think? Well, you know, like I said, it, it's it's a, the, the time bomb is ticking, tick 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 tick. Okay, um, I don't see a very good outcome of this exploding time bomb. It's not if it's going to explode; it's just when it's going to explode. Okay, um, and when it does, yay yay. <laughs> These people are going to get more than what they bargained for. 
I'm telling you right now. Because these militias are gearing up these just regular citizens. Gun sales are through the roof. At some places, there's like two or three weeks waiting period just to get a fucking gun. A fucking shotgun, I mean, for God's sake. And those are common as anything, okay? Ammunition sales have skyrocketed. Where is this going and where is this pointing to? People are getting fucked, are fed up, and their fixes are start fucking up some people, okay? That's exactly where it's going. Just like, uh, you know, just like we've always said here, just like no way he said all the time, okay? But I have to agree with him. It's getting to a breaking point that I don't care if it's a race war because they're the ones that's perpetrating this, okay? You don't see the smart white people. Of course, you know, you see the dumbass white people out there protesting. But you don't see the smart people, smart white people out there. And more, the more and more this is allowed to continue, thanks to your Democratic fucked-up liberal mayors of these fucked-up cities like Portland, Seattle, Chicago, you know, New York, all those. They are continuing to let this fucking happen. I've been keeping up with this shit on these on these rides after that, on from the Portland feed, from from all the Facebook feeds and everything. Man, these goddamn people are. I don't know. It must be something in the water, or it must be something in the air they're breathing. Attacking sheriff stations, attacking police stations. I. I don't know. I'm just I'm just almost out of words, man. Go ahead. Well, believe me when I tell you, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Okay? It is getting far too hairy around uh, around here. Just over the weekend, and I never thought I would see this, not far from where I live. Only blocks away from where I live was a shooting. Yes, there was a shooting. I don't have all the de- I don't have any details on it because I've, I've had very little success at getting any. But when you look at when you look at I mean, I have an app in my phone that tells me about neighborhood goings-on, okay? And let me see here. Try and find it now. While you're, while you're doing this, here's, here is a video, a little short one, that goes exactly show you what, I'm, what, I, what I just said is true. The fucking people have fucking lost their fucking minds. Look, look at this video from the blaze. It's in the uh, mixer chat room. I looked at it earlier today, and I'm going, holy Toledo. It's an actual fist fight between these groups. So there it is. It's escalating right there. There's your break right there. I, I have, I, believe it or not, I saw the same video. In fact, I'm going to show that on camera just as soon as I uh, as soon as I open it, because I download, I did download that video. Uh, let me see if I can track it down here. Uh, 
seems that the video in question, hang on a second here. Yeah. It's, uh, yep. It's the same one I do have. Let me see if I can get this to show up on screen here. And uh, before I go any further, uh, I want to say hello and howdy-do to Cherokee Rose, watching by way of Periscope. Always a pleasure to see you. And she says, yep, folks better be prepared. And I agree with her. Now let's see here. Trying to, uh, okay, it's not going to let me show that this way, so I guess I'll have to do it. I'll lose the audio. Come on, move move back. Oh, you're going to make me work for it, huh? It's not letting me rewind it. Oh, now it will. Now let's see if I can get this. It's always a tricky thing when you try to Show something. Now take a look at this, folks. This is what uh, uh, Gunslinger was talking about just a moment ago. Now, if you look at this carefully, watch what happens here. Now, you see a lot of stuff being thrown around. It looks like smoke bombs and so forth. Watch the escalation. Watch what happens here because this this is what's happening in, in our country. It's it's just insanity. And this happened right near a Methodist church, it looks like. Now, I can't, I don't know, is that it? That's it. Hmm. I don't know. There is trying to track down 
Ah, this is the video I was looking for. This is the violent actions Only now I can't seem to there we go. I believe this is the one I wanted to show. Now watch this folks. This is this is the sickness that's going on in our in our country. Now watch carefully. Watch look look at what's happening here. I mean, this is insane. What you're seeing, I mean, I believe that the person that was on the ground is an, is elderly. I think. But it doesn't matter whether they're young or old. And this, and the guy whose back is to the camera, the guy with the 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 bandana. But you see, there's a there's a lot of people carrying weapons there. And a lot of folks are wearing uh, press, uh, pre- uh, press uh, vests. That's how some of them managed to get to get away with this. But I'm going to wind back here. I want to. You see there? You got people carrying automatic weapons. Okay. Now I don't know if they're if they're uh, go, if they're there because they're there to defend uh, against slash BLM or what the story is. This guy right here, it looks like he's wearing a a, a, a flag or a neck or a bandana of some kind that may be a Confederate flag too. It's hard to tell because of the way it's folded around his neck, but. This is this is this is the escalation that I'm a, that I was afraid of. Antifa BLM is escalating and pushing. And here's a guy right here. If you, if you look right here, he, he's wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, and it's like he's holding his hands up. They're they're holding their hands up. I don't think they want any kind of, they want anything to do with with the guys carrying the guns. But this is the escalation folks that that concerns me. BLM <clears throat> Antifa is pushing the escalation to the point where people have had enough. They are looking at this and they are seeing what clearly is a very and potentially volatile situation. This is the this is the dangerous part about it. But I and I believe no way has said on more than one occasion. You know, it may come to this. You know, to paraphrase what he said, and uh, I hope that no way will join me at some point this evening. So that uh, I can get his his thoughts on on this situation, 
but let's face the reality. Gunslinger, I, I, I shudder to think how much worse things are going to get before, you know, something ultimately has to, to give. You know what I'm saying? Well, when you have people like that walking around with loaded guns, okay, and they're doing that kind of shit, you're only just a cubic hair from fucking somebody getting killed, okay? It's, that's what it's boiling down to, okay? I and the police are doing nothing. They're just sitting there with a thumb up their ass. I mean, shouldn't they be breaking this up? Well, yeah, shouldn't they be breaking it up to the protesters? Yeah. Why aren't they doing it? But, because but, of democratic control of bullshit. Okay, that's exactly why. But, you know, it's just, uh, the tick, tick, tick. I'll be in the, ki- I'll be in the kitchen. I'll be right back. Look, I'll tell you right now. The way I see it is this, folks. It's It's insanity. I mean, even Attorney General Bill Barr last week, he was interviewed by Sean Hannity, which, by the way, I do have that interview. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Sean Hannity, but at the same time, it's not, the, it's not so much the questions, which, by the way, he did ask some good questions. I will give him credit for that, at least. But it's what Bill Barr said that speaks volumes and leads me to believe that somewhere along the line, it's going to have to be put to a stop. Now, I'm going to put a, a little something out there for the mainstream media. You of the mainstream media, you disgust me beyond belief. You sit there and you help perpetuate and fan the flames of this insanity that's going on in our nation by giving it more and more coverage. People on the video platforms and social media platforms that share video, you're not helping matters either. Giving these, these Antifa BLM thugs a platform on social media and on video platforms all over the Internet only seem to add more problems and fuel the flames, just like the mainstream media does. If you stop doing it, there's a good chance everything that's happening could start to die down. The violence could start slowing. But the only way that's going to happen is if you stop showing it. Now, I have shown all I'm going to show here tonight on this. I have said all there needs to be said because I am tired of the violence. I am tired of seeing my country laid waste by a bunch of terrorist thugs. It has to stop. It has to stop. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to put... uh, I'm waiting for uh, Gunslinger to come back because I want him to hear this. Um, I'm going to put this uh, audio clip in play. But there was uh, 
there was a brutal action that took place. Now, uh, I'm going to see if I can't show this. I'm going to show a video here in just a moment. I'm getting it set up now. A truck driver in Portland. I'm going to, uh, let me put this uh, video on the screen here. And I'll play it in just a moment, but I want you to, I want to put, I want to read the article in question before I do. Violence erupted in Portland late Sunday, just blocks from the federal courthouse after the driver of a pickup truck crashed, was reportedly pulled from the vehicle, and then brutally beaten by a mob after a confrontation with protesters. Videos that emerged from the scene were chilling. The man identified as the driver could be seen getting punched, kicked, and ordered not to leave in the middle of the street. The man in the video at one point appeared dazed after the initial assault, but suffered the worst blow when he absorbed a roundhouse kick to the side of his head. Portland police said in it via email that officers responded to a report of an injured person at Southwest Broadway and Southwest Taylor Streets at about 10.30 p.m. Sergeant Kevin Allen, a police spokesman, said reports indicate that protesters were chasing the truck before it crashed, and they assaulted the driver after the crash. He said responding officers encountered a hostile crowd and a squad from the rapid response team responded to help secure the scene while the investigation was underway. One of the videos posted to social media begins with the man on his knees in the city streets surrounded by a group of people. The man tries to get up and someone yells, you're not leaving, bro. And he gets pushed back to the ground. At one point, the man on the ground says he was not trying to hurt anyone and while kneeling, absorbs several punches because the group was unconvinced that he was telling the truth. The crowd looks like it's about to disperse, but that's when another individual takes a running start and kicks the man in the head, which could be heard slamming into the pavement, according to the video. Andy No, a journalist who has been covering these protests, reported that the man crashed his car 
and the mob pulled him out and beat him senseless in front of the passenger. He's bleeding and unconscious, no police. Another reporter posted a video that purports to show the driver earlier harassed by protesters and his female passenger assaulted. Drew Hernandez reported that the driver sped off to evade the protesters. Portland has seen 81 consecutive nights of unrest in the city after George Floyd's death in police custody in May. While the protests are, raci- are while the protests for racial justice and against police brutality are generally peaceful during the day, drawing a wide swath of citizens, they have often turned violent at night. Nights of unrest that increasingly targeted the federal courthouse prompted President Trump to dispatch U.S. agents to guard the building in July, which reinvigorated Black Lives Matter demonstrations and often ended in violent clashes. Overnight Saturday, a riot was declared and police used crowd control munitions, including smoke, to disperse a gathering outside a law enforcement building. Authorities said people had thrown softball-sized rocks, glass bottles, and other objects at officers. Two police officers were treated at the hospital after being hit by rocks. Eleven people were arrested. Police said early Monday that the driver was transported to the hospital with serious injuries, and the incident is under investigation. Now, the driver's name was not released. All right, it was not released, and here is the video in question. Again, we were—I'm not playing the audio portion. And what you see here is not a very large crowd, but big enough where it's one man versus now. I'm going to wind this back. Watch carefully. Watch. This man right here, you see him running up. He took a running start and kicked him right in the the side of the head. And you see the result of that kick. Now, did this man do something? Or was he just trying to get away from them? Something tells me these violent rioters, they're not protesters when they do this stuff. That's violent rioting. That's, that is criminal assault. Now, this man is unconscious, and he's being helped to the side, to the side of the, to the, just off to the side. All right. So, at what point do protesters during the day turn into violent thugs at night? Now, I suspect that the people who are out there protesting peacefully are doing just that. 
as they leave, the violent rioters step in. And when they step in, what happens is what you just saw. The reason the police do not step in initially is because they have been ordered not to do so. In many places where Democrat mayors and governors are in charge. Now, I have by no means any problem with the police. Yes, there have been times when I felt they could have done their job better. But I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what they're actually doing when I get done filing a police report for an incident that takes place. For me to assume anything would be ludicrous. Now I'm going to show you something here. This is a video that that I just came across on Facebook. I'll make this the last one I show. And it's it's marked looting and shooting. All right? And the person who shared it, I will not reveal their identity, but here is what they shared on Facebook. Whoops. Almost hit the wrong thing there. Watch carefully. Look at this. People break in, these looters, they broke into somebody's establishment. They're stealing stuff. And it's in broad daylight. This is the criminality that I spoke of in an op-ed recently uh, that I haven't really posted yet because it's not finished. But what bothers me is you look at this. This is someone's place of business. This is the kind of stuff that's going on all over America, where where rioting, looting, pillaging, and plundering is taking place. And it's sickening. This is disgusting. All right. Now comes the, the 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 really bad part here. I mean, they're stealing everything that isn't nailed down. <clears throat>
so why is why why people would ask where are the police? Why aren't they there doing something? Well, if you're sitting and you're told by your superiors do nothing, don't interfere with the peaceful protests. Yes. Peaceful protest. Now, something just happened in the video. I was waiting for this. Let's see if I can get it to, to show here. Now, watch very carefully. Let's start the video in motion. Now, watch Watch all these people start. They're going to start running in a few in a minute. Any minute now, that all these people that are stealing and riot and and and, and just see, there they go. They're scattering like like rats on a sinking ship, and they're crouched down. Why? Because somebody is opening fire. Now. You're not going to be able to hear it on the on the video feed. Uh, well, you'll hear it on the video feed, but I don't think Gunslinger will hear it. But this is the insanity that's happening. Now I'm going to open the audio for just a moment. I'll let I'll stop. I'll, I'll let you know when it's done. just heard the person who's narrating the video state it best. This is what's happening in Chicago. Now, this one guy you just heard from in the video, okay, he's screaming bloody murder, like, you know, because he's scared shitless because there's shooting going on. Well, you know what? It wouldn't be like that if people weren't acting like terrorist thugs breaking into someone's store and stealing their merchandise. This is the kind of shit that, that we see now. I've had friends, I've had people come to me, you know, send me emails and shit where they, they've, they've had people say, well, when are people, when are, we, when are they going to start, when are these video idiots going to show us all the dead bodies that are piled up? Why would you want to see that? That's sick. That's sick and depraved. You want to see dead bodies? Really? Anyone who wants to see a dead body live on a video feed needs to get their head examined. 
I swear to God, that's the most disgusting thing anyone could ask for. I don't want to see dead bodies on TV or on video on the Internet. You know why? Because it's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is to see the police being allowed to do their job so that incidents like these stop. Now, that's all. I'm, that, that's it for this subject, period. Okay? Already gone way over what I planned on. Now, I want to get some comments here from, uh, from uh, uh, Cherokee Rose, who's, who's, who started off with, wow, so disturbing what they did to that truck driver. And I, like I showed you folks, that truck driver, one guy coming up from his right side, all of a sudden, splat, kicked him right in the side of the friggin' head. People need to be held accountable. And I agree with you, Cherokee Rose. I do agree with you. People need to be held accountable. Oh, my God. Violent, out-of-control mobs. And that's what they are. They're violent, out-of-control mobs. This has got to come to... This has got to stop. The, the, the governors that are saying they're going to defund the police, the, the mayors who are going to sit there and go, we're going to defund the police, you're only making things worse by doing that. Seriously. Look at what happened in New York City. De Blasio defunded the police shut down the anti-crime unit, and look what happened. Over this weekend, in a three-day period, 49 people were shot. And I agree with Cherokee Rose when she says, such evil people. Absolutely. And yes, Cherokee Rose, I agree with you. The looters do think it's funny because, as Ariel Atkins in Chicago once put it, this is reparations. They need, you know, they have to eat. They need clothes. Get a job. Don't steal it. Get a job and buy it. I said that last week. And unfortunately, the only people that heard it really were the people who actually give a shit and know that what they did was wrong. All right, Sean Hannity, last Thursday, I did not, I was not made aware of it until uh, earlier today. Again, I'm not a big fan of Sean Hannity, but he did ask some of the right questions, and he did get some, some, he, he did get. Attorney General Bill Barr to speak on what's going on in our country. Everything from the rioting right down to the mail-in vote and the potential for voter fraud. So I'm going to put this clip on. Gunslinger, listen to it very carefully because when when it's done, I'm going to want to hear your thoughts on it. Big time. 
So here goes nothing, folks. Turn to this breaking news tonight, major federal law enforcement initiative. It is named Operation Legend. Now, the program leverages key resources from the U.S. government to track down and arrest perpetrators responsible for unsolved murders. Now, it was named after a four-year-old little boy, uh, Legend Talaferro, who was killed by gunfire while asleep in his bed. And breaking tonight, his suspected killer has now been taken, thankfully, into custody and charged with second-degree murder. Here with more, an exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with the Attorney General of the United States. His first time on Hannity, sir. Thank you for being with us. Uh, this is I huge. I and thank God, it looks like we got our man. Well, he, he, that's what we believe, and he's been charged with, with the murder. Uh, as you know, with the demonization of the police that has occurred recently, we've seen an upsurge in violence in the many of our inner cities. And our response to that has been to work closely with state and local law enforcement who are willing to work closely with us in a number of cities, including Kansas City, to go after these violent criminals and stop this bloodshed. And we called it Operation Legend in honor of this four-year-old boy who was shot. So he became a symbol of the black lives that were being lost in the inner city, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that have been killed uh, with the demonization of the police. And, uh, and today, I think the message is that in this particular case, the, our, our, our system worked. What happened is a, is a symbol of the fact that the local law enforcement, in this case the Kansas City Police, working closely with the FBI and the U.S. Marshals, were able uh, to find uh, this man and charge him with murder. And that becomes a symbol of what we can do, and we can do it. What's, what's involved here is the will to deal with this violent crime in the inner cities. It can be handled. We need the will. I paid very close attention to your interview, and I thought, it, and and so did many people, highly viewed with the great one I call Mark Levin on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And you went into detail about quote a new form of urban guerrilla warfare, and how demonstrations and and again some are very peaceful protesters. There was universal outrage and shock and horror of the video of George Floyd. That can't happen, Mr. Attorney General, in this country, and I know you agree with that. But hijacking the demonstrations away from some peaceful protesters and provoking violence, we've seen over 2,000 cops injured, 14 now dead, um, rocks and bottles uh, and bricks and Molotov cocktails, knives, uh, hockey sticks, canes, frozen water bottles. I mean, it's, it's now warfare against cops in this country in some of these cities, sir. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, the legitimate demonstrations, the First Amendment activity, the protests in the wake of Mr. Floyd's death have long since given way to violent uh, attacks, uh, efforts to tear down the system, violent attacks on the police, on federal courts, on police precincts by a small group of radical, violent extremists whose agenda has nothing to do 
uh, with the, the, uh, the death of George Floyd or protecting black lives and everything to do with a very radical agenda and creating chaos and trying to tear down the system. Um, President commented, uh, you were very clear. By the way, you, let me first say, you had the patience of Job on steroids and human growth hormone when you went before that clown show uh, in Congress. God bless you for it, because I don't think I have the patience you do, and it was really de pretty despicable to me. Um, the president weighed in on dorm. You were very clear in your testimony. The president doesn't tell you what to do. You're independent. Um, president said today that he hopes that the Durham report and, the, and that you as attorney general won't be politically correct. Um, I hope that too, I, Mr. Attorney General, I spent three years unpeeling the layers of an onion in terms of premeditated fraud on a FISA court. Uh, you have deleted subpoenaed emails. You have a knowledge we know that they were warned in August of 2016 not to trust that dossier, which was the bulk of information for the FISA warrants. The subsource in January 2017 confirms none of that was true, and it was bar talk. <laughs> I guess just as the wheels of justice turn slowly, uh, I feel impatience over it. Can you give us any update? Uh, yes, Sean. Well, first, you know, so the as the political correctness, if I was worried about being politically correct, I wouldn't have joined this administration. Uh, <laughs> that's as I that's clear, actually a good line, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, as I made clear, I'm going to call them as I see them, and that's why I came in. I thought I'm in a, I think I'm in a position to do that. There are two different things going on, Sean. One, I said that the American people need to know what actually happened. We need to get the, the story of what happened <laughs> in 2016 and 17 now out. That will be done. The second uh, aspect of this is if people cross the line, if people involved in that activity violated the criminal law, they will be charged. And, and uh, John Durham uh, is an independent man, highly experienced, and his investigation is pursuing a pace. There was some delay because of COVID, but I'm satisfied with the progress. And I've said there are going to be developments, significant developments before the election, but we're not doing this on the election schedule. We're aware of the election. We're not gonna do anything uh, inappropriate uh, before the election, but we're not being dictated to by this schedule. What's dictating the timing of this are developments in the case. And there will be developments is tomorrow, uh, there will be a development in the case. It, it, uh, you know, it's not an earth-shattering development, but it is an in indication that things are moving along uh, at the proper pace, as dictated by uh, the, the, uh, the facts in this investigation. Mr. Attorney General, you once said this isn't about a report, this is a criminal investigation. Um, you were very clear that they spied, the President of the United States was spied on deep into his presidency, you said. Um, now. Based on what we know, and Andrew McCabe said it, and Sally Yates said it, and Rod Rosenstein and, and Sally Yates would not sign those warrants today. We know that they, the FBI knew beyond any doubt that it not only was that dossier, without the dossier, Yates and McCabe both say there's no FISA warrant, that they knew it was false. They were told it was false. The law even requires them, as soon as they know that it was false, to go back to the FISA court. Based on what we know on the record, I just see premeditated fraud against the court. And I wouldn't even lie before Judge Judy, Mr. Attorney General, because I think they'd throw away the key in my case. 
Well, when we feel we can prove uh, a crime beyond a reasonable doubt, it will be charged. I can tell you that. Yeah. Let me ask you about mail-in voting. I, I paid very close attention again to your interview with uh, Mark uh, and the those that want to experiment with different ways of voting. They want to do this now with 82 days to go before the election. Uh, I don't have confidence in government uh, to fulfill many promises at all. Uh, doesn't it lend itself to great opportunity for fraud? Yes, I think it's, it is grossly irresponsible to be doing what the Democratic Party is doing now. We've had very close races in recent history. The country is divided. If anything, we should be assuring the integrity of our elections so that government going forward will be legitimate and will be accepted as legitimate. The idea of conducting uh, elections by wholesale mail-in ballots is reckless and wrong. Uh, everyone knows what has happened in these cases. We're not talking about uh, voters going, requesting a ballot, ballot specifically, saying who they are, proving who they are, and then submitting a ballot by mail. We're talking about mail-outs to everyone on the voting list. And every experience with, with that has had thousands and thousands of ballots floating around, not just the state, but the country. I have friends who haven't lived in California in 21 years who received ballots. Uh, there are ballots left in boxes in apartment buildings. Uh, ballots are uh, for, for, for uh, people who used to live at addresses or delivered to those addresses. They can be filled out by anybody. This is reckless, and it, and it could create uh, uh, serious questions about the integrity of the election. And to do this uh, when, when there are a closely divided country as we are, uh, is playing with fire, in my view. Mr. Attorney General, you talked about the Seattle Police Chief, Carmen Best. Um, I, I, I felt, wow, what, what, an amazing, what an amazing example of service and dedication to her community and how they, she literally had to resign because of this defund effort and that she was not given the ability to use the training that, that all police officers have. We know how to disperse crowds. And it's usually tear gas, it's usually pepper spray involved, but they've taken these tools away from officers. I believe it's now created a very dangerous situation for all of them. Um, I don't think it takes a lot of uh, an MIT or a Harvard degree to figure out this is not going to end well for a lot of these cities. What do you say to those that are demonizing the police, these groups? You've talked about the group Black Lives Matter. You talked about the group Antifa or Antifa. And, and those that believe in, in Joe Biden, I won't bring you into politics, but said, you know, they've become the enemy. Uh, Kamala Harris says she's happy with the LAPD defunding the police. I don't think this is going to end well, sir. I think lives will be lost as a result. Well, lives are being lost in violent crime. Uh, and the demonization of the police. You know, uh, Carmen Best is an example of the highly competent and professional and dedicated police professionals we have in this country. We're blessed with that throughout the country. Uh, they're excellent, and she is a great example of it. And we should be supporting them. And 
being a police officer is one of the it is the hardest job in the United States. We're asking people to go into very dangerous situations, to have jobs that are terribly wearing on them as individuals and on their families, to go into potentially deadly situations not knowing what will happen. And uh, we have to continue to attract the best people into these jobs. And unless we support the police, we're not going to have a police force. These communities are not going to have the safety. Now, a lot of the liberals will buy themselves out of that. They'll go, you know, to resort towns and so forth, and they'll ex escape the consequences of it. But the people in the inner cities won't. Their lives will be destroyed. Their, their, their opportunity uh, will be, will be, you know, they won't have the opportunity they otherwise would have. Their schools will be overrun by gangs. That's not caring about black lives. And, and people talk about implicit racism or systemic racism. The racism in this country, look no further than our public education system. That's a racist system maintained by the Democratic Party and the, and, and the teachers union. Keeping inner city kids in failing schools instead of putting the resources in the hands of the parents to choose the schools to send their kids to. That's empowering kids. That's giving them a future. Every child, there are our nation's national treasure. Last question. You did talk about the political environment and an environment where people have been trying to impeach Donald Trump from day one. Um, we've now seen the criminalization of political differences. For example, the, the IG made referrals about lying, about top officials in the FBI and nothing happens. There was no pre-dawn raids with uh, 29 guys in tactical gear and frogmen over the, those process crimes, uh, nor were there CNN cameras because those guys haven't been arrested. I worry that America is descending into a two-tier justice system. Am I wrong? No, I think it's the right worry and it's the reason I came back into government. We can't let it happen. But here, here's the thing, Sean. The way out of this, the way out of the politicization and the corruption of the justice system, where it's used as a political weapon by one party against another, is not to deliver tit for tat. It's not to use the tactics of the other side. It's to uphold the rule of law, use the right standard, and that's what I'm trying to do. One standard for everybody. I know you can't share a lot. I, I spent three and a half years, I think we've found a lot of truth about the 1%, I always make the distinction, not the 99% of good premier law enforcement intelligence agencies in the world. And I hope those that abuse power are more corrupt are exposed. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you, Sean. All right, Gunslinger. Have at it. That's a lot of that's a lot of information there, but he's but he's right. I mean, how can you how can you counter anything that he says? I mean, defunding the police is not going to work. Reforming, yeah, I'm all for that. Okay, sure. <clears throat> Retraining, whatever, whatever it takes. But you see what happens when you defund them. Crime goes up. Criminals know that, hey, there's not going to be that many cops around, so we can go do more crimes. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. Uh, <clears throat> I, like I said, it's, and he's right, it's, it's going to get to a point that not only people have already started to die, but it's going to be a whole lot more. Okay? I do not see a peaceful ending to this. 
all I see this. I mean, I'm not. I don't have a crystal ball in front of me or anything like that. But just based upon circumstances, based upon given facts, which I've always done, by the way, I take facts, this fact, that fact, and say, hey, based on these two facts, what would be the logical outcome? And this not gonna be good. <laughs> Tell me it ain't gonna be good. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Well, 843 area code. Go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, we're doing. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, so um, you, you, you say that you take in facts. Uh, I've been listening. It's been a very good show. You guys do a very good production. Uh, what I believe is you – know, and, and don't cut me off. Please talk to me. I think that white people and black people cannot share a system together. Um, there's a reason that 86% of blacks want to defund the police. There's a reason that blacks are 13% of the population but commit 55% of violent crimes. There's a reason that 98% of blacks vote Democrat. There's a reason. Everything we see today is cultural and identity, and white people are the only people who don't stand up for their identity and culture. It's like if you're proud to be white, you're racist, but if you're proud to be black, you're, you're, you're woke. And this is going to kill us. I mean, look at look at South Africa, look at Rwanda, look look all around the world. These these are animals attacking our system and attacking us. And until we get over this hump of being called a racist, we will never save this country. They, they do not want to live in our system. They don't respect our system. They want they want to kill us. And I understand that that, that might sound radical. But you yourself said you speak in fact. It's a fact. 13%, 13, blacks are 13% of America. They commit 55% of violent crime. Blacks are 13% of America, yet 86% want to defund the police. Blacks are 13% of the population, but yet 98% vote Democrat. So what good does it do the white man to have them here? Okay, let me let – me, uh... Just uh, point something out. Uh, the 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 percentage of black voters, okay, just so you're aware, yep. was higher okay. voting for Donald Trump in 2016 than it was that, that, in 2012 about, when Barack Obama ran for that, the re-election. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. First of all, you're not okay. You're, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. You're going to sit there and quote, quote information. You know, I gave you an opportunity, okay? But if you're going to sit there and tell me that's a fallacy, uh, we're done, okay? That's as simple as that. I'm giving you facts. I'm not giving you bullshit information. So thanks for, tra- thanks for calling. Do not call again. I'm sorry, but that that's that was just you know that was that, that was a bullshit call. That was. I gave him an, I gave him an opportunity, and he opened up with information that he could not prove or back up. But I gave him his I gave him his opportunity. Why? Because I figured there's an old saying: open mouth, insert foot. The second I started refuting his claims with facts, 
Notice what happened. He said, that's a fallacy. I don't no, I don't deal in fallacies. I deal in facts. And here's another fun fact for you, just so you're aware, folks. Many of the people in the black community who voted Democrat are switching sides rapidly. Why? Because the, the Democratic Party has lied to them ad infinitum. And that's not a fallacy. That's a fact. That is a fact. Gunslinger, one of the things that uh, one thing that uh, Bill Barr was talking about also was the the you know the, the defunding of the police. Now, if I heard him correctly, and I'm pretty sure I did. He doesn't like the idea that the police are being defunded and thinks it's wrong on every conceivable level. Or did I hear or was I just hearing things? No, I, I heard I heard the same thing. I mean I like like I said, it's it's going to get to a point that if they defend these police and whatever what else is your alternative? Pick up a gun, enforce the law, okay? Because if these people don't have enough manpower to do it, or they have been told, stand down, and your business is getting robbed, raped, pillages, house getting broke into, uh, you seen that, what was it, that Seattle police chief or whatever, uh, we can't help you, Sorry. What are you going to do? I mean, when they when they say that, themselves, the law enforcement, saying, you own your own, buddy. We can't help you. What are you going to do? The smart person would pick up a gun and say, here's my help. Okay? Y'all don't want to do that? Stay the fuck out of my goddamn way. Uh, it's, that's where it's good. That's where it's going. I'm telling you right now, that's exactly where it's going. Because like I said, these the people that's in the know, the law-abiding citizens of this country, which are armed, by the way, and the fucking militias are not going to put up with this shit much longer. Okay? And look what Trump said. He said all they got to do is just ask him if he can stop it in an hour by sending in the federal troops. But that goes to show you how these people, these mayors of these cities are so fucking out the wall and off the lunch, it's not even funny. Okay? I mean, can you imagine living in one of these fucking cities and, hey, I got a business here, I got a nice business here, and you're under false pretenses that these fuckers are going to goddamn protect you when when needed. Look what they're doing. I rest my case. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> Cherokee Rose said it. I, I think the hashtag she, that she... I can talk sometimes when my tongue is not blocking the eye teeth. Cherokee Rose said on Periscope the following hashtag, 
and I would love to see this hashtag trending over all others. Hashtag back the blue, meaning back the police. Absolutely. Back the blue. Hashtag back the blue. I so so def- I so much agree with that. I do. All right. Moving right along. We need to go into other things here, my friend. So let's take a look at what's happening elsewhere in the world, shall we? That is, of course, if I can get the darn link to open. (laughs) Well, here's a story that kind of caught me off guard. I don't know if you heard about this, but hostages were released after a standoff with Texas police. Get a load of this. Three officers were shot and three hostages were recovered. After an 18-hour-long standoff came to an end in Cedar Park, Texas. The suspect's mother called 911 Sunday afternoon after he allegedly kicked down the door of her home and acted very aggressively. He then barricaded himself in the home with three family members, including his mother and two young siblings. When authorities arrived, the young man allegedly opened fire and shot three officers. The injured officers were then rushed to the hospital and are and are and yeah, tongue tied, try again, and are recovering. Authorities said negotiators were in contact with the suspect periodically over the course of the standoff. They urged him to peacefully surrender his family. After approximately 16 hours, the young man released his siblings and their dog Monday morning while his mother remained in the house with him. The negotiating team continued to work with him to release his mother. Roughly two hours after his siblings came out, the suspect peacefully surrendered his, with his mother. Police said the suspect is in his mid-twenties and has a history of mental health issues. Officers involved said this was one of the most complex situations they have ever encountered, but they are grateful it ended peacefully and everyone excuse me, is going to be okay. Right in the middle of that sentence, I had to start yawning. Go figure. So, Governor uh, Abbott put out a statement um, in regards to what happened. He issued the following statement after it was reported that three Cedar Park Police Department officers were shot in the line of duty. 
Our hearts are with the police officers who were injured while protecting the Cedar Park community this afternoon. We must never take for granted the service and sacrifice of our law enforcement officers. And the state of Texas stands ready to provide the support and resources needed to bring justice to those involved. I ask that all Texans join Cecilia and me in prayer for these officers and for the safety of all law enforcement officers across the state. You know, when you hear about, when, when I see stories like this, Gunslinger, I, you know, I'm reminded that law enforcement officers take risks every day. They put on the uniform. Every day they put that badge in their, in their, in their uh, nightstick on their belt, their, their gun in their holster. They take enormous risks. But when a situation ends where the officers are going to be okay and the suspect surrenders peacefully, that tells me right there, the negotiating team did exactly what was needed. They didn't have to return fire. They didn't have to break down the door and risk the mother being killed or the siblings being killed. And for that matter, the suspect. But, thankfully, things worked out for the better. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm glad that, you know, it worked out everything in a peaceful manner, no doubt. I'm not going to sit there and and glorify these people. They are doing a job just like everybody else does a job, a high-risk job. Police, firefighters, uh, those are two that come to the most, but there are other high-risk careers out there. I was in one of them, electrician, shit. That can kill you faster than a damn bullet can. Or a lineman that works up on them big main, those big lines out there. Uh, so there's a lot of dangerous jobs, you know. I get glorified, but no. Uh, but I wasn't asking for that. I did it because I liked it. But they have a job just like everybody else does. And whether you whether you put on a gun, whether you strap on a gun, or you strap on a tool belt, <clears throat> or those people that hang you know, 60 stories up there and wash windows. Man, that's a dangerous job, too. Jesus Christ. No, thank you. Um, There was one crew that did that thing out there in Arizona with that museum, that big glass walkway that goes over the Grand Canyon, almost 5,000 feet down, and they're dangling from ropes there washing the the platform. Bad boy. Bigger balls than I got. I wouldn't do that. Hell no. But you see... And, you know, it's just, just depends on what it is. But, yeah, you know, I I don't know. It's just, it's getting crazier. Like I said, it's just tick a tick a tick. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we, you know, we, we, we have a very strange and dangerous situation all at the same time happening across America with this, uh, with what's happening over the last few weeks. Personally, I think defunding the police is a mistake, but that's just me. 715 area code, you're on. Uh, uh, how girthy is your cock? 
And that figures. About as big as the brain matter inside your skull, which is about the size of half a cell. And that's all you've got. <sighs> figures. Always an asshole in a bunch. I should have known better. Oh, well. Live and learn. <coughs> anyway, 347-945-5747. If you haven't called in a while and you, and you have called in and you're a decent enough type person... That number is waiting for you to dial the digits. All right. So, let me see here. Trying to figure out which one I want to pull up next. Well, as, as many of you are aware, the DNC, can, the, the Democrat National Convention is, in, is right now going on. And, of course, the Democrats are ripping the president a new asshole. Problem is, they are the assholes, not the president. Just goes to show that there are fuck-ups everywhere. Now, the DNC is being mocked for having celebs like Eva Longoria emceeing the event. Well, why not? She's a libtard. She can do it. Now, I'll tell you something. I would love to get some of these conservative actors from Hollywood on this show. You know why? Gunslinger, can you can you take a guess as to why I would want them on here? Probably because they're conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that. Not just that. But that's a big a big plus. Um, I, I think if only to refute their liberal Hollywood colleagues and all the dumb shit they say. On Twitter, during the course of my day, I get tweets that are retweets of a celebrity and what they say. For example, remember um, Rob Reiner, the guy who played Michael Stivick on All in the Family? You know, the meathead? Well, he is truly a meathead. I read some of his acidic tweets, and I was sick to my stomach. It, my acid reflux was, was even kicking up, and I didn't have anything that would cause it. But then again, I really don't have to read that stuff. But I did, and I responded to it even. I responded to it with one sentence. 
In parentheses, I put, picture you getting the Bronx cheer from me. And right after that, I said, you know, you're just like the, you are exactly like your character, Meathead. Only in your case, it's a rotten to the core, Meathead. Shame on you. Still has he still has that response. He never he never deleted it. Nothing like that. So, oh well. But you see, there are. I have two celebrities. Well, three actually, on my Facebook account. One's a liberal, and I didn't know that at the time. I'm serious. I did not know this at the time. He is a huge anti-Trumper. And I felt like telling him where he could stuff his anti-Trump shit before I threw him off. But I keep him on just to keep an eye on him. But I have pro-Trump celebrities. One's a comedian. The other is a like the liberal one, this one's a conservative one, and he played a Vulcan on Star Trek. Star Trek Enterprise, to be more precise. And I think of just how much fun it would be to have Gary Graham, the man who played Ambassador Saval on Star Trek Enterprise, as a guest at least once or twice during the course of the month, on the show, if only to refute his liberal colleagues in Hollywood. Don't know if it'll ever happen. I've contacted him on a couple of occasions, but he's a very busy actor, so it's very hard to get to nail him down. But I can tell you right now, he does not mince words when it comes to telling a liberal where to go shit in their hat. So, what can I say? The man is very cool in my book. Before I go any further tonight, I want to let everybody know, in case you haven't found out already, Firefox News Online has added a new video platform location, Trovo.live. That's T-R-O-V-O dot live. And the reason we added it is because it's brand spanking new. It's got that nice, new, fresh, out-of-the-box scent. It's like a new car aroma. We'll see how it works out. We'll see how long the show stays on there. God only knows. It's a new one. You never know what to expect. But we are now being seen on five video platforms, heard on two internet radio platforms globally. And I love it. So it just goes to show that there are some things you just have to do in order to get the word out. 
as more platforms come up that I can restream over, I will add them and add them and add them and spread the reach of Firefox News Online wherever I can. It's kind of like buffalo chips. Many, many buffalo chips cross prairie. Many, many buffalo chips you don't want to step in. But they are out there. (laughs) So, yeah, then there's that. All right. As the saying goes... You know, this is nuts. Of course, I kind of half expected something stupid from there, but notice, Gunslinger, we haven't heard anything from North Korea in a long time. Well, there's this. Apparently, Kim Jong-un is ordering pet dogs to be confiscated in North Korean capital of Pyongyang. Yeah. Why would he do that? I mean, that's that's kind of petty, don't you think? Folks, well, here it is. <clears throat> Apparently, Kim Jong-un issued the directive in July to round up the pets, claiming they were part of a tainted trend by... Borgios ideology. I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but oh well. North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un ordered the pets, the pet dogs, to be confiscated in the country's capital, saying the pooches represent Western decadence. But their owners, Fear Fido, is really headed for someone's dinner table. Why would I not be surprised there? Well, Kim Jong-un issued the directive. Uh, that I just read that line. It was the first line I read, actually. Well, ordinary people raise pigs and livestock on their porches, but high-ranking officials and the wealthy own pet dogs, which stoked some resentment among the lower classes. Authorities have identified households with pet dogs and are forcing them to give them up or forcefully confiscating them and putting them down. But while the oppressive regime says the move is to clamp down on capitalist extravagance in Pyongyang, The dog owners are fearful that given North Korea's food shortage and propensity for eating dog meat, the directive has only come about to feed the masses. The dog owners are cursing Kim Jong-un behind his back, but otherwise their hands are tied. Uh, Yuck. Major yuck, disgustingly yuck, 
I know there's an old joke that that, that people tell, and, and I don't really like it much because it's not really funny. But you know how they say in uh, Chinese restaurants, uh, if you if you haven't seen a cat around the chi- a Chinese restaurant in a while, you know now you know why. Uh, well, yuck. Fricasseed fricasseed Fido, or Fido Fricassee, or however you want to put it. Uh, Here's here's a recipe for you, folks. And I'm not saying it's an actual recipe, but here's a recipe for you. Uh, Chihuahua a la King. Gunslinger, please tell me. That I am that, that that I'm actually dreaming this, and this is not actually a story that I read. I was thinking about pooch a la carte, pooch with wings, <laughs> and what you saw. Oh God! Um, oh no! Perfect. But yeah. <laughs> It, it only goes to show you what sick motherfuckers and somebody are. I mean, eat your fucking pet. Okay. Um, you would think that all those people, that's including China and Korea and all them idiots over, you would think that they would know how to farm. You know, like raising chickens and pigs and cows and stuff like that. And then, mm-hmm. well, that's random. Well, actually, yeah, in South Korea, they do. Do they have farms over there? I'm surprised. And why the hell are they yeah, still they, eating dogs there? That doesn't make sense. Well, they claim it's a food so it is because it's because of a food shortage. Well, how can there be a food shortage if you have people who are farmers? Generations yeah. of farmers. Well, I mean, one possible they, answer. They, I think would be the government's taking the food for itself. Obviously, it's not going to the people. Obviously, but again, that's what you get when you get have a dickhead dictatorship equals dickhead. They can do what they want. They can shoot your ass if they want. Okay, there ain't really a lot you can do about it because you ain't got any guns to shoot back. <laughs> so you're pretty much screwed and blued. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, there's look at all those. There's there's millions of them screaming Chinese over there, and they can't rise up all at once and overthrow the government and put in something better than a dictatorship. What do they do? Like it? Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think there's enough people with weapons in uh, the Asian Peninsula. <laughs> To overthrow any one government. Okay, North Korea, South Korea, are independent countries outside of Japan and China, just like China and Japan are independent countries. Okay, now, hmm, I'll put this to you: if somebody walked up to me and said, would you eat dog? I'd throw up on their fucking lap. 
real fast. I I I do a projectile barf so quick their heads would spin, and then I tell them no. Okay. I mean I know that there are situa- there there are people in uh, North Korea that are dealing with a lot a lack of food. The problem is Kim Jong-un and his uh, dopey-ass regime don't give a fuck. As long as the people obey him, okay, they get, what, they get just enough to barely survive, if at all. Now, if, you're a, if you own a dog in North Korea... You either surrender it or they kill it and then take it. Does this put a new meaning into the word dog biscuits by chance? And here... I thought we'd get a, we, 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 I'd be able to get away from this story without at least one joke. Thanks a lot, guys. Ay, 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 ay. Um, I, I know you had a wiener dog, Gunslinger, you know, Gigi, but uh, this this gives new meaning to to the term. Wieners, get your wieners here. At least in North Korea. Okay, I am going to stop now because I am about to really dislike this subject. Well, it's like uh, it's like here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Oops, that's not like that's not the pussy that I like to eat. Sorry, return. <laughs> Oh, gunslinger. A Chinese restaurant joke. Why not? But, you know, it's it's a sad commentary uh, of what's going on in North Korea, unfortunately, and how Kim Jong-un and his regime literally could care less about the people and why a dictatorship like that. A communist socialist dictatorship is not the is not what this country is all about, thank God. But if the Democrats get their way, who knows? It may very well turn into one. I pray to God it doesn't. But as long as uh, Donald Trump is in the White House. We stand a good chance. Of avoiding that fate. Well, California parents are suing Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, to open to reopen schools. We are worried about lifelong negative effects. Now there's a lot being there's a lot going on in in, in some places 
regarding the reopening of schools. Two California parents suing to force Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom to reopen schools for in-person learning this fall are growing increasingly concerned about the ramifications that extended school closures would have on their children. Christine Ruiz told Martha McCallum on Fox News Channel Monday that her two sons, both of whom have been diagnosed with autism, are regressing profoundly and dangerously. They are not getting any type of education, and we are actually suffering here, she said. We're seeing behaviors we never saw while they were in school, and so if we could get my children back into school, that would be a saving grace. Jesse Petrella, a father of two boys, noted the damage shuttered schools have caused to both parents and their children. I can't tell you from my personal experience as the father of two boys, we are worried about lifelong negative effects that can continue if these schools remain closed. Distance learning for a kid at, for a kid that age is nonsense. A kid needs social interactions. The structure of in-person learning and experts warn that distance learning doesn't even meet the current educational standards. Hmm. Students will unquestionably fall behind, Petrillo added, and this affects this affects the working class, the most lower income and rural students. At this point, Petrilla said he believes that the anxiety and fear is more contagious than the coronavirus itself. While some parents are considering a switch from the public school system, Ruiz said her options are limited due to her child's special needs. My children need a structured setting. They need their team of specialized professionals who educate them. They need hands-on learning. They need their teacher who specializes in special education, speech therapists, occupational therapists. And when you take them out of that setting, all it's doing is making them languish. Our program choices are very limited to where, to where we can go. We found an excellent program within our own school district that works perfectly, which they've been in since, they were three years old. So that's a program they need to be in, and that's the program that needs to open for them, Ruiz explained. Both Ruiz and Petrilla have partnered with the Center for American Liberty to fight Newsom's school closure mandates, which they say are unconstitutional and driven by, polit- by a political agenda. So, Gunslinger, what say you? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I I totally agree. I mean, you know, it, 
it's whether it's it's, it's opening schools or businesses or anything like that. It just it's you know yeah can't add any more to it. <laughs> Good. Well, along the same note. In regards to reopening schools, <clears throat> schools across the U.S. test test out reopening in person. Now, of course. Uh, one can only hope that it works out because while schools have become over the years indoctrination centers, I'm going to tell you right now, parents are, are losing their ever-loving minds and the kids aren't helping. They are literally... Uh, they're being they're being made into pawns, but at the same time they're also children. These are kids who need interaction with other kids. Now earlier today, hours before I went on the air, I, I heard children at play outside. A sound you don't that I didn't hear for a long time, and it was refreshing to hear kids at play. But what about their education? Now, I have a audio clip that I'm going to play here. Just as soon as I can get to the... There we go. And yonder it comes. I hope. It'll get there, folks. I give you my word. The traditional back-to-school experience takes a different form this year as schools across the country open in person. The traditional back-to-school experience takes a different form this year as schools across the country open in person, remotely, and part-time. Here's Kiara Harris with the latest. Schools are reopening for the first time since pandemic closures forced millions of students to learn from home. Returning to in-person classes has become a controversial topic in recent weeks, with the White House leaving the decision to each state. In West Virginia Saturday, Vice President Mike Pence praised Governor Jim Justice for his school reentry efforts, reiterating his stance that classes should resume for students' sake. President Trump and I believe very strongly we've got to open up our schools. We really do believe it's best for our kids. Uh, and uh, it's best for children with special needs, learning disabilities, nutrition programs that are available. Some school districts are planning to start the academic year completely online, while others have welcomed students back to campuses full and part-time. New York schools are expected to open in September. However, the teachers union is calling on plans to be delayed after other schools have already seen COVID-19 cases among students. In Florida, Seawin Elementary reported 14 students in quarantine just two days after school started. 
when you send students to school and you open school in the middle of a pandemic, there's always a chance that something could happen. We couldn't prepare for this situation. Like the superintendent said the other day, there's no playbook on this. Woodstock High School in Georgia has 300 students and teachers in quarantine, leading to a countywide pause for in-person learning. And southern states have reported more than 200 cases of COVID-19 amongst teachers and students. While leading expert in infectious diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci has called for in-person learning. He says he is not pleased with how experimental efforts are going. Fauci says a one-size-fits-all approach will not work, pushing for states to prioritize school reopenings and close non-essential businesses like bars and restaurants. To say all schools must close or all schools must open is not the, not the adequate and correct approach. You've got to be flexible. Fauci says more open-minded approaches to quarantine and closing hotspot areas will allow students to have more in-person learning opportunities. Kiara Harris, One American News. Want to see more videos like this? Click on the link below and subscribe to One American News on YouTube. Well, you heard that. What do you think? Well, <clears throat> I don't see how that they are going to be able to do the social distancing and the mask wearing and all that stuff in school. Okay, I I don't see how that's going to work. Maybe it will. I don't know. But given the nature of kids, as soon as they're out of the sight of the teacher, that mask won't come off. You know that. Uh, I don't know. I think Brandon in this area today was the first day of school, too, because I think I seen the school bus. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's 50-50 this, 50-50 that. <laughs> Agreed. It's it's going it's, to, it's, it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. And I hate to say it, but <clears throat> this business of reopening schools, you know, you have to you have to ask yourself, at what point, at what point do we finally say, all right, let's open the schools up because. You know, I was I sat here and I and by the way, I download I was able to download. Uh, that do- that video of the doctors and other medical professionals that was banned by Facebook, YouTube, and others. And I sat here and I watched a 45-minute video where they talked about the coronavirus and they talked about uh, hydroxychloroquine. And yet the left seems to want to perpetrate, as the young people would say, perpetrate a fraud by denying its its effectiveness. So at what point do we um, do we say, look, we can't keep schools closed forever. We need to do something about it. So What happens? How do how do we 
get to the point where we tell the governors, enough is enough. Open the damn schools. The longer this, this COVID insanity continues, the more the left is going to continue to fuel the flames of fear. And I'm sorry, but I, I, you know, kids need to be kids. They need to be able to, to go to school, to be with their peers, because a lot of them, you know, I, I know from when I was in school, many of my classmates lived in other towns or on the other side of town. So it was like, you know, the only time you saw them really was in school most of the time. And where do kids get that fundamental education as far as, you know, learning the basics of math and reading and so, and so forth? They get it in school. Yeah. Now, there are parents who can homeschool, but when, you ha- when you're living in a household with both parents working, now, because of COVID, you've only got one parent working, and one parent has to stay home with the kids. It's not like they can go out and hire a, hire a babysitter full-time for every day that they got to go to school. And remember last week when I brought up the story about the, uh, about the school district that told the, that told the kids, you know, there's a dress, you have a dress code? And parents were up in arms over it, and rightly so. How do you tell parents what their kids are allowed and not allowed to wear in their own home? That's the wrong way to go about it. If the kids, if, if so many students can go into cl- to do in-person classes and the rest have to do from home, well, guess what? Here's the problem. You do that to, if you tell them, well, you can't wear this, and you can't wear that, and you can't wear the other thing, unless they're in their fucking birthday suit, which would be an, which would which would really freak out the teachers, I'm sure, and have the students in person in person learning laughing. I mean, let's face it, you're only creating more problems than you bargained for. Am I right or wrong, Gun? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're just creating more problems. I mean, as long as you don't, you know, like you said, go out there naked as a jaybird, well, you know, casual clothes, you know, as long as you don't wear any gang signs or any of that bullshit. Uh, yeah, you can't tell people what to do in their own like that. What do they think? They have dictatorship or something? Shit. <laughs> Good. Well, I think we're 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 faced with a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now, this week, President Trump is traveling to battleground states uh, because the race is heating up. With only 78 days until the presidential election, the Democrat convention kicked off Monday, and there will be no rest in, until November 3rd. And I've got a clip here that 
just might explain some of that and give you a good idea of what what to expect. Uh, and I'm, I do need to acknowledge One American News as the source of this audio. So here we go. I hope. I think. And with just 79 days until the election and the Democratic Convention kicking off Monday, schedules look to be busy until November 3rd. Our White House correspondent, Jen Pellegrino, has more. President Trump launches his tour of key battleground states on Monday as Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Democrats look towards four days of a virtual Democratic National Convention. The DNC, originally slated for Milwaukee, Wisconsin, will now consist of virtual events in light of the pandemic. The convention will be headlined by the Obamas, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, AOC, Jill Biden, and will also feature celebrity performances. Joe Biden and his VP running mate Kamala Harris will address their virtual viewers from the Chase Center in Wilmington, Delaware. In signature fashion, the president and his campaign waste no time in providing primetime counterprogramming to the Democrats' virtual events. The president kicks off a whirlwind week in Minnesota and Wisconsin, where unlike his opponent Joe Biden, the president will be meeting voters face-to-face. On Tuesday, President Trump visits the southern border in Yuma, Arizona, a fitting backdrop of a tangible campaign promise delivered as over 275 miles of border wall have been constructed. For those in, near, or looking to travel to Arizona, tickets for the afternoon event are available on the Trump 2020 campaign website. The highlight of the upcoming week in campaign world on Thursday, the president will deliver remarks from Old Forge, Pennsylvania, just outside Joe Biden's hometown of Scranton, PA. According to the Trump campaign, expect to hear messaging highlighting Joe Biden's, quote, record of failure, particularly in areas where the president has overwhelmingly delivered for the American people on jobs, the economy, and in Biden's case, how he has left behind the people of his hometown. Be sure to tune in to One American News Network for live and uninterrupted coverage. Want to see more videos like this? So, there's, there you have it. There are, there are those, Gunslinger, who believe that President Trump being able to go to these battleground states to actually go and, and speak to the people face-to-face, there are those who believe this could help his campaign far more uh, than anyone realizes because uh, Joe Biden doing things from his basement seems to cause a situation where he falls flat on his face. You know what I'm saying? Well, he was born flat on his face, okay? <laughs> um, Sleepy Joe, the clown network has started today, you said. And it's a, it's a clown. It's a circus. Okay, I'm just waiting for the, you know, the midgets and all them things to come out and a couple of trapping these people up there swinging from the, from the roof, maybe. Because it's a circus. That's all it is. Uh, you know, it's just because they have no leg to stand on, right? You got that idiot that don't even know where he is half the fucking time. <laughs> you got the camel toe that, uh, we're coming after your guns. Oh, really? Good luck. 
and these people want to be the president and the vice president? Don't think so. Okay, man, if they had, if they somehow slip in there, uh, we in some deep shit. Let me tell you. Good. Well, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden has definitely uh, had his share of. Uh, <laughs> Goofs, gaffs, and other blunders. We've seen it. We've heard it. <laughs> he, he's under the impression that he's he's going to beat the president because he chose Kamala Harris as his running mate. Well, Kamala Harris has proven that she is a bona fide flip-flopper. Everything she said a year ago while they were deciding on who would who would be the presidential nominee obviously they did not think about all of the things that she said a year ago where during debates apparently Joe Biden was skewered by his now VP pick and literally raked over the coals by her. If you read this article right here, this is why Biden is unfit to be president. I mean, it goes into the, his brain surgery. Did you know he had brain surgery back in 88? I was not Two aware times, of that. I think. Two times the article goes in to say that for an aneurysm or Something. And I'm going, huh? I didn't know that. But this article goes into it. Well, I'm just I'm waiting for the uh, coffee to brew in the F, in the Firefox News Online kitchen area. So, and we'll get over there in just a moment. I need to, when dealing with the Biden effect, as, I, as I'll call it. One needs a good stiff cup of coffee. If I were still a drinking man, I would I would say I need a stiff drink. <laughs> but I don't drink alcohol, <laughs> so coffee will have to do. So let me just put a little cow juice in here. But, yeah, I, I think Joe Biden and even Kamala Harris herself are of that delusional mindset that, see, Kamala Harris can easily turn around and go, well, you know, uh, he picked me to be his VP, so I got to behave myself. And I'm, and, and I'm not surprised that Joe Biden did not remember all of the things that were said last year. Or if he remembers, if he does remember, it just doesn't matter anymore. You know? I mean, quite frankly... Joe Biden, we know, is not the sharpest knife in the drawer.
So but let me let me put something to you. Of all the people that are out there, uh, as far as you know, people you've talked with and so forth. Yeah. What what is the the have you talked with any of your fellow Texans uh regarding this uh presidential election season? Have, have and and if you have, what's the uh, general consensus that you've been able to draw, if at all? Well, I've talked to a few, but you know, most of them are you know, are gonna be voting for Trump. I mean, you know, because they kind of laugh at Biden, Sleepy Joe. I mean, he's not—he's not—he's—he's not even shouldn't even be eligible for even to be a Democratic nominee because of his health issues. Read through that article right there. I mean, ay ay ay. And this and the people want to want to actually vote for this idiot. I'm sorry, you know, he's 78 years old. I'm sorry, you know, time does none of us any good. That's for damn sure. Okay, but it damn sure hasn't been friendly to him. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, uh, this is a, lo- a very long article, so uh, um, <clears throat> I'll just read a, a few a, a few paragraphs from it. <clears throat> Excuse me, goodness. Um, Joe Biden is perhaps the most unfit individual ever to run for the presidency in the United States in United States history. Not only are his principles taken from the socialist playbook, but his mental incompetency and physical unfitness are so glaring as to make him thoroughly unqualified for any office, let alone the highest office in the land. In this article, we will highlight Biden's sad decline into senility and list the reasons why he must not become president. Okay. Um, this is an article written by Zach Strong. So I'm only, quote, I'm only reading what he wrote, and not all of it, mind you, because it is a rather lengthy article. Joseph... Robinette Biden Jr. was born in November of 1942. Two weeks after the upcoming election, he will turn 78 years old, which would make him the oldest individual ever to sit in the Oval Office. This is not a trivial detail. Biden's age and rapidly declining mental and physical state should be one of the primary points of discussion during his campaign, during this campaign, sorry. As you will soon soon see, Biden's deteriorating condition due to his advanced age and medical challenges disqualifies him for the presidency. To be clear, many individuals go well beyond 78 years of, of age and remain active, vibrant, and healthy. They have their wits about them are coherent in conversation. And, apart from wrinkles and white hair, live their lives as if they were decades younger. 
Biden has not been similarly blessed. <laughs> Everything about him smacks of senility and drastic decline in mental and physical faculties. He would be a severe liability to America if permitted to hold high office in his condition. Dr. David Shiner, Barack Hussein Obama's former physician, rebutted the Biden campaign's declaration that their man is healthy, vigorous, and fit for office, a declaration that conveniently omitted any discussion of Biden's cognitive abilities. Dr. Shiner said he's not a healthy guy. He has a lot of issues that are just sort of sitting there. I had no idea Biden had such a medical history. My goodness gracious, he's got a lot of history. The doctor said he would particularly like to see a CT scan or MRI conducted on Biden to better assess his failing health. In 2008, Biden released a 49-page medical history. That history has only grown in the last 12 years, among other maladies, and perhaps we know that, and mishaps, we know that Biden suffered two brain aneurysms back in, in, back in 1988. He's undergone various surgeries, including for his aneurysm, his only brain surgery, Biden Biden said, excuse me, I had two cranial aneurysms and they literally had to take the top of my head off. I mean, they take a saw and they cut your head off and go in to find the, the artery that is one that is one was leaking, the other that hadn't before it burst. In Biden's own words, the doctors told him that the side of the brain that the first aneurysm is on controls your ability to speak. They said he would have a low chance of ever being normal again. Now skip to 2020, prophecy fulfilled. Additionally, Biden has suffered from sleep apnea, which is, of course, what you want in the guy who is in charge of the U.S. military during a conflict or at the helm during times of tense diplomacy. He has also undergone surgeries on his prostate that were only recently disclosed. Biden's eyes are in a bad way, too. And during a 2020 town hall meeting on CNN, his left eye suddenly filled with blood for everyone to see. The radical propaganda network, Snopes, was forced to admit this embarrassing episode happened, though they tried to simultaneously discount the obvious fact that Biden's physical health is in rapid decline. Even the hardcore Democrat, Justin Horwitz, has voiced concern about Biden's declining cerebral capabilities. He is a candidate that is mentally deteriorating. People in the Democratic establishment say, oh, don't say that. 
They really believe that they can shield Joe Biden from public scrutiny. And the reality is they can't. No, the estimate, no, the establishment, sorry, can't hide the truth as much as they might try. They use their controlled media to push the narratives. They choose to brainwash gullible people who have abdicated their use of critical thinking. But with more cameras focused on him in the past year than ever before, Biden's erratic behavior and overall instability has become apparent to every honest observer. We do not have enough space in this article to list and discuss all of Joe Biden's numerous gaffes and misstatements. A few, however, will give the general tone of his failing mental faculties. You can find these cited at this link, this one, and then and this one. And of course, uh, here and, and here, and here and here and here. Uh, the, the link, the word link, one, and here are links to various places. Uh, which we're not going to go scampering through at the present time. When I, <clears throat> excuse me, when asked this summer by a reporter if he's been tested for cognitive decline, Biden replied, "I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Biden is constantly tested for cognitive failure. Interesting." Even more interesting is the fact that when Biden was asked this same question earlier this month, he changed his story. Why am I not surprised? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. So which Biden should we believe? The one who says he is, that he is constantly tested for cognitive decline or the one who says he has not been tested. Either he's lying or he really is in such severe mental freefall that he can't remember what's happening around him or to him. In a speech during this election cycle, Biden said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women created equal by, you know, you know the thing, I'm sure glad the thing is watching out for us because our public servants clearly don't know up from down. (laughs) I could read more, but I'm afraid I might start laughing too much. Going back to a 2008 rally, he remarked, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. During the same year, Biden tried to give accolades to a wheelchair-bound state senator in Missouri by saying, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Naturally, Chuck didn't stand up, but people got a good look at who Biden really was. But don't worry. Biden doesn't play games. At least that's what he told a lady who asked him, about, asked him how many genders there are. He responded, there are at least three, 
when she asked him to identify them, he retorted, don't play, don't play games with me, kid. Speaking of kids, Joe Biden has a long history of being a little too hands-on with children, something that we've pointed out on this broadcast at least several times, folks. Uh, and he outright admits it during one truly bizarre speech at the remaining at the renaming of a swimming pool in his honor Biden cheerfully said I got hairy legs that that turn that 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 turn uh um uh blonde in the sun and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. I love kids jumping on my lap. Oh. <laughs> my skin is actually crawling after having read that. No shit. Perhaps... <laughs> Perhaps, yes. <laughs> Tell you, Gun. Reading that, believe it or not, I've got goosebumps. Go- Try again, George. Goosebumps on my arms after reading that. Ugh. And now my my coffee is turning sour in my stomach. Perhaps this wasn't the best story to tell, considering the numerous allegations of sexual assault that have been leveled against Biden by multiple women and young girls, most prominently and credibly, Tara Reid. Also, although Biden has suffered from stuttering since childhood, it appears that Barack Obama's masterful stuttering technique rubbed off on Biden during their time together. Biden has a history of getting in people's faces when they challenge his off-the-wall policy proposals. Last December, Biden went ballistic on an 83-year-old Iowa man who, de- who correctly challenged him, first of all, on his age, and secondly, on his son Hunter Biden's scandalous appointment to the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which we can now confirm came about because Biden threatened the Ukrainian government to withhold $1 billion in funds unless they fired the prosecutor looking into the corrupt company, the nearly identical thing the controlled press falsely accused President Trump of doing. Uh, Biden, knowing he could not counter the man's accurate claims with facts, resorted to bullying tactics. He interrupted him and bizarrely challenged him to feats of strength. You're a damn liar, man. You want to check my check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take an IQ test, okay? Biden then called the man fat and said, you're too old to vote for me. This is the man Democrats have put forward as their nominee. 
In February, Biden forgot which office he was running for. He told an audience, my name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democrat candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy, for the other Biden. Give me a look, though, okay? At least he got his name right. Though he better watch out for that other Biden, uh, whoever he is. Perhaps this other Biden is the one going around making gaffes every time he opens his mouth, while the real Joe Biden is as spry as the lying media claims. Now, after winning the California primary befuddled, Biden gave a victory speech in which he confused his wife and sister. Remember that, folks? (laughs) Remember that? He did. Mm -hmm. I saw the video on it. Oh, boy. Uh, He grabbed his wife's hand and said, by the way, this is my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. He said, motioning to his sister, there's nothing like confusing your wife and sister to instill voters with confidence. Ugh. In the wake of the Parkland, Florida shooting in 2018, Biden claimed he was vice president at the time. Those kids in Parkland came up to see me when I was, when I was vice president. His campaign later said that he had really meant to say Sandy Hook. Another innocent senior moment, no doubt. All right, we're going to stop right there at this point because that's about as far as I'm going to take this because I'm sitting here trying to laugh. This is the this is the fuckhead that the Democrats actually want in the Oval Office that they think is going to beat Donald Trump. Donald Trump could wake up in the morning and tell every single American. We have the greatest nation on earth, and it's because of you, um, the American people, having the confidence in me to let me work for you. Okay? He could come out and say that without even having his first cup of coffee. Biden, on the other hand, would be sitting there going, uh, well, uh, 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 that, uh, uh, then, then, of course, uh, uh, um, uh, um, 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 that would be the Biden effect. Trust me, the Biden effect is not what we want in the White House. Oh, hell no. Hey, listen. I've had my share of moments, okay? I have. I'm 57 years old, and I do have moments where I forget things from time to time. You know, like, like I'll forget what room I left my eyeglasses in. Or maybe I'm looking for my tobacco injection device. 
and forgetting that it's sitting right here on the on the desk. Or maybe, just maybe, I'll forget that I did put sugar in my coffee. Well, artificial sweetener. And then put a second uh, a second envelope in, making it a little too sweet. So all of these gaffes and goofs and blunders on the part of Biden, coupled with his age and his... Uh, mental faculties declining, which they are declining. Let me tell you something. I know a guy who's right around the same age, okay? He's not running for public office, but I know this guy. This guy, I kid you not, will turn around and tell you exactly where it's at how how much it's going to cost to get away from where it's at and even tell you that even though this is where it's at, this is where we don't need to be and mean every word of it and it will come from the heart and he will not gaff or goof on anything. When it comes to quoting stuff, this guy doesn't have to pick up a notepad or a book. He can quote from memory perfectly. He will tell you some of the things that he's encountered in his life. But try and get that out of Joe Biden. That's like asking uh, that's like asking a, the sun not to shine. Hey, listen, I heard somebody once say on, on my show, even a broken clock is right two times two times a day. That broken clock theory does not apply to Biden. His clock was going cuckoo, 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 cuckoo for a long time. Right or wrong, Gun? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, like I said, that article explains it all. Okay, and even if he had a snowball's chance in hell of winning, he don't. Can you imagine him being the president of the United States of America, the most powerful country on the face of the fucking planet and in history? This senile, this idiot, don't even know who, who he's married to. He's a fucking pedophile. He's a, he's a crook. Where's Hunter? Okay. He's guilty of blackmail. That's blackmail. Okay. And they, he said, well, fire that prosecutor or you don't get your money. If that ain't blackmail, I don't know what the fuck is. And you want this criminal, this criminal, as the head of the United States of America? I mean, people, you got to well, be fucking fucked in the head, man. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm going to take a par- from a paragraph here. Uh, it's, a, it's a big one. And it also happens to be something that I've quoted although I must admit I didn't quite quote it correctly. Now I have it in front of me, and I'm glad I do because, hey, you know, not everything is easy to remember. Okay? But I'm willing to admit that. Joe Biden is not. When Biden isn't actively trying to spread disinformation in order to destroy the Second Amendment and take our guns, He's giving us advice 
that would actually land you behind bars in today's twisted legal system. Uh, for instance, here's the part, here's the, the item I was talking about, folks, just a second ago. Biden once told his wife, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here, walk out and put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. Unfortunately, that's illegal in most locations. Another time, he said that if you want to keep someone away from your house, just fire the shotgun through the door. Again, illegal. And just this summer, Biden took it upon himself to tell the police that if an unarmed person is coming at him with a knife or something, shoot him in the leg instead of the heart. The next time an unarmed criminal comes at you with a knife, just shoot him in the leg and tell the police later that Joe Biden said to do it. Now, you got to give Sleepy Joe a lot of credit. It took balls to come out and say that, even though he's completely senile. You know, you know, that, you know that gun? Well, yeah, he's, he's completely clueless. I mean, anybody that gives that kind of advice, are you serious? Yeah, uh, maybe there's a cop standing on the other side of that door, and you blast a shotgun blast through that fucking door. You just committed murder, okay? Uh, the dude's crazy, I'm telling you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't give him a gun. I don't think he even even. I don't think he 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 should even possess a fucking water pistol, much less a real gun. Jeez. I wouldn't trust him with a water pistol. I know that. With my luck, he'd, he'd try to drown. He'd, he'd probably try to drown somebody. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't be a bit surprised. <laughs> now, the the former vice president has admitted to being a gaff machine. That's falsely modest. That's false modesty. He is the Lamborghini of gaffes. He announced that poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <clears throat> he located the El Paso and Dayton mass shootings in Houston and Michigan. He recalled a, a visit with survivors in the 2018 Parkland shooting before the shooting happened. He confused Margaret Thatcher with Theresa May and, and Merkel, referred to the Second Amendment as the first, tripled the number of casualties in the 1970 Kent State shooting, and mixed up his campaign website with a text message code. At the Iowa State Fair, he thundered, we choose truth over facts. Boy, 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 boy. We choose truth over facts. Hmm. And this 
guy the Democrats are pushing to go to, to run for president. Right. Uh, Biden's gaffes are to be celebrated for they make him exciting. When he opens his mouth, nobody knows what is going to come out, least of all Biden. One, one's principles, of course, are more important than one's mistakes. So let's put the cherry on top by briefly listing a few items that Joe Biden has advocated, proposed, or voted for through the years. Ready for this list, folks? You're going to love it. Gun control, such as Brady Bill and assault weapons bans. Abortion, open borders and amnesty for illegals, a national mask-wearing mandate and lockdown, Black Lives Matter, free public schooling, higher education and loan forgiveness, government health care, tax increases, especially on businesses and the so-called rich, gay marriage and transgenders in the military, Abolish the death penalty. Decriminalize marijuana and drug use. Sex ed in schools. Um, when I was in school, we had sex education. Where's he been the last 10 decades? The war on terror. Iraq invasion and Patriot Act. Global warming legislation, including additional taxes on businesses, $15 an hour mandatory minimum wage, racial activism slash pandering, military cuts, government bailouts, bank bailout, TARP, Fannie and Freddie, etc. Increased debt ceiling. The Green New Deal, sponsored by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or as many of us know her by two different names, airhead on crack or asshole on crack. Um, Well, many of Joe Biden's positions are lifted right out of the Communist Manifesto. In fact, the Revolutionary Communist Party, USA, has come out in support of Biden this election, This endorsement is just the latest in a long list of endorsements by traitors, communists, and radicals. Before you cast your vote for Biden in November, remember that you're supporting the man also backed by avowed communists. Hmm. Do I dare ask the dumb question? Didn't Obama, when he held the office of president hostage for eight years, defund our military? Didn't, under Obama, they continually increased the debt ceiling? Didn't they go with government bailouts? bank bailouts, TARP, Fannie Mae, 
Fannie Mae, excuse me, Fannie and Freddie, and so forth. All taxpayer money going to these these places as bailouts. And I'd love to know where he gets the idea that a national mask-wearing mandate and lockdown is going to, where that's going to get him. Basically, what he's calling for in that respect, folks, is everyone has to wear a mask, even people with breathing conditions. Yeah, you heard me right. If you have emphysema, COPD, or asthma, no more not being able to wear a mask. Under Biden, you'd have no choice but to wear one, which means you all die. Okay? Decriminalize marijuana and drug use. Hold on a minute. So, in other words, Gunslinger, let me see if I understand Biden correctly. Decriminalize marijuana, which means everybody that that wants to toke and smoke and fry their brain cells can do it legally under his administration. And all other drugs, they can use too. Especially if it can kill you. Is that what I'm to understand, Gunn? I'm like that to hit the nail on the head. <laughs> I would agree. And, and what's this thing with sex ed in schools? I mean, they teach sex sex education in schools already. At least they used to when I was in school. Or did they stop uh, doing that for some reason? I don't know. It's it's the public indoctrination school, you know, public. Uh, Training centers, okay, is the way I like to call them. Uh, but unless you've got money and you're able to homeschool your kids, you really don't have a whole lot of choice. I mean, what choice do you got? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Well, actually, when it comes to sex ed, I would think the parents would be better suited to tell their children you know, have that nice little sex talk with their with their kids when it's appropriate to do so. It used to be a time when the parents actually had a choice on that. When my mother heard that I was going to sex ed, she very politely said, no, you're not. But the school insisted. And when I tried to walk out of the class, I ended up going to the principal's office. So when I got home, I turned to my mother and said, Mom, can we not have that talk, please? And my mother said, what talk? I said, you know, the talk. And she goes, what talk? I mean, she, she knew what I was talking about, but she was trying to get me to say what it was. And I wouldn't do it. Ultimately, my mother uh, sat me down and told me, told me all about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and all that other good stuff. 
But she did, she could do it. In, my mother knew how to do it in such a way that any kid would understand it, no, even as young as two. But gunslinger, what's wrong with parents teaching their kids about uh, about sex? I mean, for God's sakes, it should be the parents anyway. Or are or is the government actually advocating to take another? parental responsibility away from the parents. Well, if they had it their way, they'd take all the parental responsibilities away from the parents so they can raise them like good little fucking, um, you know, sheeple. Why would you want your parents telling you something that, that when the government can tell you much better? Because we're from the government. We're here to help. Yeah, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, should it be up to the parents to discuss that kind of subject? Of course. Okay. You know, uh, it's, why would you want to learn something from school? This, this, this makes this. Huh? You know, it's, you know, oh, does it come with pictures like a coloring book? <laughs> yeah, right. Damn. I remember when I was in sex ed, the, the school nurse was the, was the one teaching the class. And nobody really liked Mrs. Fernhoff. They hated her because she was such a bitch. Well, I decided to be a I decided, since I'm going to end up going to the principal's office anyway, I'm going to be a wise ass. We would sit in a circle. And she would ask questions. When it came to me, she said, George, what would you do if you got a girl pregnant? Well, I sat there, you know, just tapping my chin with my pointing finger. And she's like, George, it's a simple question. What would you do? And I went, oh, I'd hand out cigars like any other expecting Papa would. The entire class started laughing. And she goes, are you being a wise guy? I said, absolutely, Mrs. Fernhoff. Because my mother doesn't want me taking this class. It's her job to teach me about the birds and the bees. Not you. I immediately got sent to the principal's office for that. Never went back to sex ed either, because she couldn't handle me disrupting the class. But sex education is a is a is a course that should be hand, should be given by the parents, not the schools. I mean, there are there are churches that offer to give sex education classes, and I I'm sorry. The schools shouldn't do it. The churches should not do it. It is up to the parents. That's their job as parents to teach their kids about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and so forth like that. But there's more here. Racial activism slash pandering 
is this what he wants everyone to get involved in? Because look at what he said at the, at the list where it says a national mask-wearing mandate on and lockdown. He supports Black Lives Matter. But that shouldn't be a surprise, should it, Gunn? Gun? Oh yeah, that doesn't it doesn't surprise me. I mean, coming from an idiot like that, I mean, nothing out of his mouth surprises me because he's senile. You know, he's definitely suffering from, you know, dementia or whatever it is. Uh, he can't even put together, you know, sentences like he sits there and just babbles, you know, babbles like, huh, what? At least Trump can articulate his words very nicely, and even he don't even have to use a teleprompter either. <laughs> you know? No, that's the one thing. Well, President Trump does use a teleprompter from time to time, but there's a lot of times when he he just goes off script. You know, and and just speaks boldly from the heart. He just tells it like it is, you know. And that's what the Democrats hate about Trump too. They they don't like the fact that he can sit there and actually articulate everything. That he can speak so eloquently and actually turn a good phrase and even get the people laughing. I mean, how many, how many of those rallies in 2016 did we see where Trump had the crowd in stitches? You know? And I think that's, what, that's what's pissing the Democrats off even more because he's willing to go out there and meet with the people, even in the, in, in the light of a, of a pandemic. Well, personally, that shows a lot of courage on the part of the president. He's willing to go out there and meet with us. Now, I doubt he's going to show up around here like he did in 2016, but I'll tell you what. He comes back here in 2016, he comes back here like he did in 2016, you better believe I'm going to have my ass over there. Yes, there will be social distancing, and there will be mask wearing and stuff. But I'm still going to make it a point to go if he's here, especially in my neck of the woods, like he did in April of 2016. Now, if Joe Biden were to show up, I'd go, never mind, not worth my time. And that, my friend is the bottom line. All right. Remember the St. Louis couple that had their guns taken from them? The McCloskeys? The very people who 
uh, Mrs. McCloskey was her pistol was the firing pin was turned around purposely because it was the gun was used as a prop in court. The very same gun that the prosecutor ordered the lab to fix and make it fire ready. Well, guess what? These gun-toting St. Louis folks are going to declare support for Trump at the RNC. They're going to be at the RNC to declare support for President Trump. Ain't that a hit in the head? That's good. Uh, yeah, more, more power, more power to them. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Now, one person wrote on Facebook in regards to the McCloskeys saying, wow, they were both BLM supporting lawyers. Guess they see now just who they were supporting. What a dick. What a dipshit. Incredible. Oh, shit. Now, folks, y'all know that I'm uh, a big Star Trek fan, right? Okay. Now, I'm a big Star Trek fan. But this meme, all but... (laughs) I'm sorry, but this is too funny. I'm going to show this. Uh, Let me... Pop the link in the chat room here so Gunslinger can take a look at what I'm talking about. And uh, Royal WC, I apologize. I did not welcome you properly on the air, although I did say hello to both you and Gunslinger in the chat room. Uh, There's the link to that. And now, let us see... Folks, like I said, I'm a Star Trek fan. Big time. The the episode where you've got a bunch of space-bound hippies. Well, of course, Captain Kirk, who they refer to as Herbert, it's meant as an insult, says... So, you guys are from Portland. Think about it. He represents the establishment, law and order. They represent anarchy. You do the math. That little little meme. I mean, it's not exactly the funniest thing I've seen, but, hey... I think it was it was pretty good. Uh, 
All right. Now, of course, we can't go without mentioning that Michael Obama, I mean Michelle Obama, was at the DNC uh, giving a speech. She ripped Trump White, the Trump White House for chaos and lack of empathy. Get a load of this crap. The former first man, I mean lady, former alleged first man, I mean lady, Michael Obama, I mean Michelle Obama, in a measured but searing address Monday to close out Democrats' opening convention night, accused President Trump's White House of operating in chaos and without empathy and urged voters to cast their ballots for Joe Biden like their lives depend on it. In pre-recorded remarks, Obama stressed the awesome power of the presidency while saying the job requires clear-headed judgment, a mastery of complex and competing issues, a moral compass, and an ability to listen. She forgot to mention that it also requires someone with their mental faculties intact, who, does, who is not a child pedophile by their actions, and, of course, failed to recognize the fact that this is an idiot who told his wife to take a double-barrel shotgun out on the patio and, sh- and just shoot in the air. Yeah. Okay. Adding... Whenever we look to this White House for some leadership or consolation or any semblance of steadiness, steadiness, sorry, what we get instead is chaos, division, and a total and utter lack of empathy. Oh, you must be talking about Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Dianne Feinstein, uh, Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, but not Donald Trump. Really. The address was widely praised by Democrats, no doubt, and no doubt, and I don't, uh, why am I not surprised? As a powerful indictment of the administration. But it also came at the close of a first-night program that had a bleak tone at times, especially with Bernie Sanders repeatedly saying the country is facing the threat of authoritarianism. Trump campaign advisor Steve Kortz said that they presented a dystopian picture of the country and the unusual format at the first ever virtual political convention also raised eyebrows as videos of musical performances and new style segments hosted by Eva Longera were interspersed with remarks from lawmakers 
But Michael Obama, I mean Michelle Obama, in an impassioned address sought to tie the strings together, including Trump is the worst president of our country. He has had more than enough time. He is clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. In other words, he can't be controlled. And Obama went on to warn, if you think things cannot possibly get worse, trust me, they can, and they will if we don't make a change in this election. That's enough. I can't read any more of this dribble. Honestly, the Democrats are are completely insane. They are absolutely out of their fucking minds. Or is it just me, Gunn? I think they're completely out of their mind. They lost it. Absolutely. I mean, you know. I mean, to put this lunatic on the, uh, up to, to, to speak, I let, I'd rather listen to Asshole on Crack than that. You know? At least then, if I got to listen to something stupid, <laughs> there's a definite reason. Well, yeah, that's why I haven't even turned it in. I know it's a dog and pony show. I mean, if you want to go there for some giggles and grins and some laughs, I guess you can watch them. You know, they really think that they know what they're doing. They think they're going to win. They're going to beat Trump. Yeah, right. Snowball's chance in hell that she's going to beat him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, wow. The first freak didn't even mention Biden's running mate, apparently. And apparently, the reason for it was because the, the what what the freakazoid said was recorded before Harris was named as VP pick. Now that's a real stupid thing to do. Record something. Record a, a, a pre, make a pre-recorded speech only to not do it after not and not record something that includes the VP pick. That speaks volumes for the trust, don't it? Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, that, there's the other half of the idiots, okay? You know, Camel Toe, you know, that idiot. Uh, you ever read her past, too? Oh, she's, she's got some skeletons in her closet, too. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's dummy one, dummy two. What do you expect? Hey, Kamala Harris, she has skeletons in her closet to, to top all skeletons in a closet, especially when she was... Uh, when she was the uh, when Cal- when she was California's 
uh, I, I think attorney general or uh, she was an, a state attorney and she fouled up Royal on a, process, on, on a case. Yeah. Real smart. Pick a dumbass. I don't know, Gunslinger. This whole election is, by and large, the biggest mystery you've ever seen. Well, yeah, I think it's a big, you know, it's going to be a big joke, okay? Uh, it's an amazing joke, actually. Because like I said, they can, they can spew and spit and all kinds of shit that they want to do. They're not going to be able to bring up anything that they have done that without Trump. Trump, get it? Out Trump, Trump. Uh, it's impossible. They know it. Okay, but they're they got to get they got to put on a good dog and pony show for the dumbasses out here that's going to be willing to vote for them idiots. Get off me, bug! Bug! A Democrat, I think. Bastard. Well, I can safely say, without fear of contradiction. They're nuts. Now, get this. According to flagandcross.com, the House Democrats are calling for the FBI to investigate U.S. Postal Service leaders. Get this shit. And it's not the story I'm looking for in in the reader's mode. Get this. Two Democratic members of the House Judiciary Committee have launched a call for the Federal Bureau of Investigations to look into whether or not crimes have been committed by Postmaster General Louis, Louis DeJoy or other members of the Board of Governors who are part of the U.S. Postal Service. This, of course, has a lot to do with the current controversy over the USPS possibly having massive cutbacks right around the time that the left is making a major push for mail-in voting to help reduce the risk of spreading the coronavirus this fall. We all know that isn't the real reason for the push. It's about stacking the deck in favor of Biden-Harris. Representatives Hakeem Jeffries of New York and Ted Lieu of California made the demand Monday morning as Democrats raised concerns about whether the Postal Service is ready to handle the high volume of mail-in ballots expected for November's elections amid the pandemic. The FBI should evaluate whether Postmaster General Louis DeJoy or members of the Board of Governors of the U.S. Postal Service committed any crimes in light of nationwide delays and issues with the United States Postal Service. Jeffries and Lou wrote in a letter to the FBI's director, Christopher Wray. 
One states that anyone caught knowingly and willfully obstructing the passage of the mail or any carrier or conveyance carrying the mail could be fined and sentenced to a maximum sentence of six months in, six months in prison. The second statute outlines that any person in an administrative position who uses his official authority for the purpose of interfering with or affecting the unionization or the election of any candidate may be fined and face up to a year in prison. The FBI did confirm to the folks over at the Washington Examiner that they did receive the letter but provided no further comment. The main concern right now with the United States Postal Service is that there aren't enough folks available to help handle the volume of mail that will come in should we use mail-in voting for the upcoming election. Democrats are already pointing the finger at the president. No surprise there. Claiming, he, claiming that he's removing mail sorting equipment and mailboxes as a means of preventing the use of mail-in voting during the election this November. However, the thing that Democrats seem to refuse to address is the increased risk of voter fraud that will happen if mail-in voting is used nationwide. Ballots can be tampered with, lost in the mail, and all sorts of things. This means it could take a long time to find out who actually won the election. And the last thing we need right now is a long wait. Our nation is like a powder keg at the moment. The less time to wait, the better. At stake in all of this is the integrity of our voting system. The measures need to be carefully considered and every precaution taken to protect the voice of the people. So the Democrats are looking to have the FBI investigate Postmaster General Louis DeJoy and other members of the Board of Governors who are part of the U.S. Postal Service. I have a feeling that this is in direct response to the Trump campaign and other GOP uh, groups suing Iowa's two counties, Lynn County and Johnson County, over pre-filled ballots. So what do you think of this latest development? Well, they better they better do something about that pretty fast because if they get these ballots and anybody can just figure it, fill them out and send them in, whichever side that you want to be on, okay, uh, that's voter fraud. They should be, yeah, that'll be six months in jail and I'll be six years in jail. Get away from you damn Democrat fucking June buggy and ain't fucking June. June's gone. See? They're still buzzing around damn Democrats. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're going to handle something. 
Well, well, Gunslinger, you know, I'm glad to see that the Trump campaign and other GOP groups are suing uh, Iowa and these two count these two counties because what they what they what they were what they were trying to do is send out ballots that were already filled out with the with the names of the candidates that they wanted voted for. And I believe that was during a primary. Imagine if that were being done during the during the actual election cycle. Where all the person would have to do is sign the ballot and send it back. This is taking the 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 free choice out of the hands of the voter. So in other words, they send out these ballots, the names are already filled in, and they're saying all we have to do is sign and send back. Uh, Wait a minute. I'm not voting for uh, Biden and Harris. Where's my choice to? Where's the choice that I that I have the right to to, to pick the person I want to to run for the, for president? Why am I being? Why is my choice being taken away from me? This is what the people need to need to be concerned with. Or is it just me? Not just you. That would be a major concern for everybody. Um, you know, uh, very bad idea. Very, very bad idea. Well, I think I, I think now more than ever, the American people need to voice their concerns and tell these uh, dumbasses in Washington, no, we want to vote in person. Now, tell me if this idea sounds good to you. It's something that I that I thought about, and that's start elections on Monday at six in the morning, close the polls at nine at night, and have them open all week from Monday through Friday, from six in the morning to nine at night. There is no reason why they can't do that. If they want people to wear masks and social distance, this is the way they can do that. Because the election, uh, the election uh, pollsters, the people that, that are there to run the machines and everything, could turn around and wipe down each uh, voting station, wipe it down after each, after each person, wipe down the machines after each person, and it, it could be done. What do you think of that idea? Given the extraordinary circumstances that the Democrats keep saying, they you know they don't want to risk people and all this other stuff. But yet, if if, if something like that were done, people could get out and vote. I think it, I, I, I'm thinking that might be a, a, a better idea than mail-in voting. What do you think? Well, I mean, if they're going to make kids wear masks in school, why not? Okay, remember what I said that you go down here to Walmart. I go out here walking the Walmart right here, and they got a couple of tables set up right there with hand sanitizer, and you wipe your cart down. And hell, you know, I use a little electric one for my back. 
between, you know, walk long distances. The hell, I take two or three of them, wipe down the handles and the switch. I even fucking wipe down the plug, or plug, you know, if it's plugged in. So why can't they do that? If Walmart can do it, why can't they do it? And for a week, so what? You know, it, yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be all for that. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a, a more viable option than uh, mail-in voting, personally. And I think if every single person who's a registered voter in this country were to turn around, call their elected officials in the Senate and the Congress, and tell them, we don't want mail-in voting. Here's an idea that we believe would be a better alternative. Start Election Day on Monday from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., and do it every day, Monday through Friday. If everyone in America were to start doing that, between now and October 1st, something tells me they might actually be able to get these people to understand that the American people don't want mail-in voting unless they actually request an absentee ballot like, it's been, like, like in past elections. I don't want a, an absentee ballot sent to me. And if I see one already filled out, I'm going to rip the fucking thing right up. I'm, I'm, I've got two paper shredders. I'll just go, nice try, no cigar. You know? Yeah, I want want my choice to be my choice, not who they say I should vote for. Well, Gunslinger, we're going to get cut off of here in about six minutes or so. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get ready to lock up shop for the night. But before you disappear and head off for the for, for the for wherever you uh, plan to go and do and all that stuff, I've got one final question to raise with you. If if the elections were held tomorrow, if elections were held tomorrow, what would be President Trump's chances of winning re-election? given the current climate? Well, with his numbers up, skyrocketing, and everybody obviously happy, except the Democrats, obviously, I'd say he win. He win. Almost, almost a shoe-in. Okay? Because dipshit can't come up with any good reasons that that he's done that would that would supersede what Trump has done, and yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> Be a landslide. Well, I am inclined to agree. I'm inclined to agree. All right, well, Gunslinger, I'm gonna lock up shop for the night. But in the interim, I'll be back for the Tuesday night edition when it will either be Terrific Tuesday or Terrifying Tuesday, whichever way it works out. 
Thanks for being here, Gunslinger. Always a pleasure, my friend. And to Cherokee Rose, watching by way of Periscope, thank you so much for being here, young lady. Always a pleasure. Royal WC left the chat room, but got to thank him as well for being here. And all of you, and, and, and to the person watching on DLive, thanks for, for tuning in. For the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you so much for being here, and especially all of you watching and listening by archives. This has been Firefox News Online. Fair, balanced, and always responsible. Y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. And if you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Until next time, America, and everyone around the world, have a good one. And now, the outro. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. You can catch the links to Firefox News Online's broadcast by going to facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. For the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Networks. Hey, we'd like to hear from you, so send your comments to comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, any stories or topic ideas you might have, we'd like to hear from you. Send to WeReport at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's WeReport at firefoxnewsonline.com. Again, thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you so much for being here. We'll catch you next time. be written, so let it be done.